brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey, this is Steve Bloom, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. You're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. to get things started because we at the GCRN are ready to kick off the Top 100 Television Shows Countdown. This will be unlike any of the previous Top 100 Countdowns, and it will be cross-promoted on three of our podcasts, Geekcast Radio, The Telecast, and Remote Control. TF2 and Mike here, and before I hand the reins over to TV Roll, Dan, I just want to say that Geekcast Radio will be making a huge comeback for the end of 2015 and the rest of 2016. We've got a number of things lined up to finally get us to 100 podcast episodes and more. So, joining the countdown, we have Steve Megatron. Hello. Hello. Optimus Solo, hello. I'm here. Yes, we know. Uh, and TV Roll Dan, hello. Hey, how's it going? Wow. Somehow I think Michael Wilson should be here, too. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> Let's get to the countdown. GCRN's top 100 TV shows. Take it away, Dan, since you essentially are the... Which is mastermind. weird. Mastermind. It's, it's weird that you're the mastermind behind the top 100 television shows countdown because you've told me on multiple occasions that you just aren't the TV guy at all. Well, that's kind of recently changed as... You know, <laughs> <laughs> it gets harder and harder to go to the movie theater, so it gets easier and easier <laughs> to watch TV. So it's, uh, it's kind of... Yeah. I, I, along with many people, are kind of making that transition as TVs are getting better and better. And, you know, movies are just as good. But, you know, I can watch great quality t television 
comfort in my own home, just as good as a movie. And, you know, not have to go out to the theater and pay, you know, $20. So it's a, it's a, it's a comfort. And, you know, they do say we are in the golden age of TV, which is one of the reasons we are kind of doing this. This is the third top 100 countdown we're doing this time on TV. We've done top animated TV series. We've done top animated movies. We're moving out of the animated world, looking at live action television, but animated films are included as long as they are in those, those primetime slots. But, this is one of the most massive countdowns that we've had so far. To give you an idea of how big it is exactly, we've had 29 different lists have been submitted. Over about 20 different podcasts are taking part in this. And some of the podcasts that you're familiar with, some that helped us out last time, like Pop Addled uh, Podcast, Wits Movie Reviews, uh, Kevin Dillon, who was a movie reviewer as well. Uh, a lot of classic partners that we've had. Some new ones, some people you've heard on podcast here like the true romance podcast uh, the simplistic reviews podcast in session film podcast a host and we're actually going to have a site uh, a page up hopefully soon of all the different people that are partaking in this so it's a massive project it is geek cast radio's top 100 but in all honesty we are one piece of this gigantic puzzle to try to represent tv as best that we can so to give you an idea of just what we're talking about here, with 29 lists, the way it works is everyone that contributes provides a list. They rank that list. It's pretty simple. The higher it's ranked, the more points it receives. I combine all those lists and we make our top 100. Within all the combinations with all those lists, it was kind of crazy just seeing the variety of TV shows that, were, that got nominations. So much so that we actually had over 600 shows got at least one vote from someone so if you like a tv show chances are even if it's not in the top 100 someone someone voted on it someplace so it's it, i'm gonna say this knowing what happened with the last top 100 this might be this might be one of the most unique that we've done so far you're gonna see a lot of differences you're gonna see a lot of surprises early on and often uh, honestly so I guess I'll throw it over to you guys. You know, this is the third time you guys have done a top 100. I've only been part of two of them. And Kevin, I know this is unique for you because you're usually on the other end of this as the list master going down and knowing the list going in. This is the first time you're going in not knowing. You know, how does it feel to be on the other side? I mean, uh, I, I think it's actually kind of exciting to not know what the results are going to be because it's going to be the first time that I'm actually able to uh, react and not kind of know what's going to happen ahead of time because before I knew what the what the lists were going to be, so I kind of knew if this person was going to react or if that person was going to react. So I was kind of uh, already braced for that. But I, I like the idea of not knowing it, and especially for a list like this, when TV series you're dealing with so many shows that have existed and so many different routes that people could have gone. So it it's not going to be like I have a feeling it's going to be very much different than it. Like take, for example, when we did our top 100 animated movies, once you get down to the nitty gritty, you might not have known the order, but you kind of knew which movies were, were left that were going to show up like in the top 10, top five type of thing. So it, so it became somewhat easy to figure out what was still left. I don't think that's going to be nearly the case with this. I, I have a feeling we could get down to the number two show and I still could have a question on what number one was going to be possibly. I mean, I don't, I don't, hopefully not because hopefully it's shows that I voted on, but <laughs> I, I just, I just have a feeling it's going to be a lot more unpredictable and hopefully 
I don't know. It, it, it's it's going to be hard to say. I mean, we've had different biases that have shown up in both of the other top 100s. It's hard to say if that's going to show up here, but I'm excited to be on, on this side of the fence for once. Yeah, and that's true. So one thing I was thinking of with television is, you know, with movies, if you look at the, the best movies of all time, it's pretty shocking, or the most notable movies of all time. It's pretty shocking to say someone says, I've never seen Star Wars or, or Godfather. People are a little bit more taken back by it. It's more common to see those. But if you look at the best TV shows, it's A, there's not much consensus. One list can really vary from the next. And I think it's more common for people not to see a great TV show because there's much more of a time commitment. Some TV shows are harder to find than others. So with that, it's it's harder to kind of nail down exactly what is technically the best TV show. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that lays out here. Steve, Kevin mentioned biases, and we've seen some of those biases in the past. Anything you think might impact the list overall? Any type of shows you feel might populate the list more? Any genres you feel might get higher knowing we are a geek-centric podcast, uh, considering what we've seen with past Top 100s? Well, I mean, I, I think in, in kind of just slightly touching on what you said before about the uh, the palette of, of selection here, the animated films and animated TV series are a lot less filled up as television happens to be. So there's a lot more selection to choose from here. And like you said, there's things that there's so much whether they survived or got canceled there, they all existed. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of shows like those hidden gem shows that you, that some of us may have ever heard of. And we're going to hear about some shows, obviously like you're going to see game of Thrones and, and those type of shows, like your HBO type shows or AMC shows. You're going to see a lot of those probably show up. I'm guessing you're probably going to see a lot of the superhero shows show up to some capacity. I'm not really sure how uh, they're going to be spaced out only because uh, as you said, like uh, personal biases and, and tastes are going to come into to play into this, but having so many other contributors to this, I think that it's going to make it, it's going to make it scary for everybody to figure out what ended where, just because it, it's just such a big playing field this time around compared to the other two. There's just, there's just so much more that that can happen. Definitely, definitely. And Mike, do you have anything that you are hoping to see within this top 100? Anything that you're worried about seeing as we start this countdown? Only because of the real life ramifications, and because most people are not like me that can't separate real life from television. I'm kind of worried to see where the Cosby Show is going to land. Because as much as we all love the show, most people that I know nowadays are like, oh, you know, I'm not denying that the guy's a monster, but it's just one of those things where I can still watch that show. Where, where certain things could end up coming to play because of personal action of the person involved in the show mm -hmm. can damage the show, possibly. I do want to say something else really quick as far as some housekeeping things with this top 100 this top 100, we're doing it a little bit differently. Previous two, we've had seven and six episodes. This top 100, we're only having five total podcasts, which is interesting because this first part is going to be the intro and numbers 100 through 76. So we're going 25 at a time instead of 20 at a time like we used to. So that's, again, that that's going to make it kind of interesting to see where the end of each podcast is going to land us, you know, because I, I think it's going to end up being a lot more uh, interesting 
uh, of a cliffhanger being in 25s too mm-hmm. uh, as we go along because we're going to be like, damn, it didn't make this 25 block. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. I, I did want to bring up one thing. So we did t- talk about how TV is of a huge scope because we're talking about from TV from its infancy to, to today. So we did try to narrow that scope a little bit. So if you're curious about like, you know, what about sports programs, news shows? We did try to eliminate those. Uh, also shows like game shows, reality TV, just because they're harder to compare to general TV. Maybe we'll do like a top 100 game shows at one point. I don't know. But when you're, when you're talking about such a large amount of a medium that has so much to choose from, we did try to at least steer people a little bit, but even with that steering, we still got a variety of different picks. And I think it was really great getting such a huge amount of feedback and getting a lot of lists because it did allow for certain tastes to come out. So we'll see how that goes. I, I know with the the top animated T movies podcast, it was early, early on. It was dominated by really recent stuff. 20, 2000 to 2010. Do we think we're going to see that again here? I can I can definitely see that happening. That's what my biggest question is going into this whole thing. Now, obviously, we have a different group of contributors and a different pool that we're choosing from, so maybe that ch- changes things a lot. But my question is more so about not necessarily maybe the '90s and the and the 2000s, as more as it is the modern. You know, like we talked about a little bit in some of those past countdowns, is it more of the modern stuff, the stuff that's still fresh on your minds? Or the stuff that's been in, you know, on repeat for the last five or ten years, even if it's not brand new shows. And I wonder if maybe some of those older shows have been forgotten or will be lost in the shuffle or or that type of thing. So my only fear is, uh, will people be more creating their list based on what's uh, what comes first to their mind and what's more modern and what's, you know, more in the now? So I don't know how that will shake out. Yeah, and, and luckily we do actually have a, another special guest just joining us, and uh, with a, another member of the Cinema Geeks podcast, uh, Amanda. Uh, I, I do have to thank you for joining us here, and this is your top 100 debut. So I don't know if you listened to the top, the previous top 100 podcast or not, but I'm curious to hear what what, what your thoughts are going into. This. Yeah, popping the top 100 cherry tonight, yeah. <laughs> so that should be fun. <laughs> I think that this was such a super daunting task for me. I definitely had to enlist um, the veteran Kevin over here to to get my list made last minute here. Um, I, I did see I Kevin's list. I think, I think I've seen less complicated like NASA blueprints and stuff <laughs> like that. Just the, all the point totals. It was it was intense. So I'm I'm sure he he uh, had to steer you. In the I right gave direction. her the simplified version of that and let her kind of go on her own. He was coaching me through the whole thing though. So this will be interesting. <laughs> she didn't want to eliminate shows. I'm like, you have to get rid of 27 more shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just combine these all into one. Yeah. She's like, can I, I do that with to. all these different shows? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, you were her Adam Levine. I don't know what that means. From the voice? From the voice. Duh, dummy. He oh. still has his hair, though. Otherwise, could <laughs> not be in a relationship. I'm, I'm part Adam, part Blake, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, wait a second. You made the image of me being Blake. What the hell's wrong with you? Come on now. It's a long time ago. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I have Why no idea what's going on right now, but everyone, <laughs> who would thought the first TV show we talk about today in the top 100 countdown would be The Voice? Well, there you go. <laughs> it's not eligible, folks. Not well, eligible. I'm going to channel my inner Gwen Stefani, and uh, we're going to get this going. <laughs> All right. Well, without any further ado, let's get the countdown started. 100. All right. Well, starting the countdown at number 100, we talked about like the top 100 
animated movies started off in a lot of the 20, 2000s, 2010s. Well, we're actually starting in the good old 1989 with a show I think that uh, I think Kevin and Mike and I know it holds a special place in your all heart. And I know Amanda as well, because you were the top ranker with this as number 100 is none other than Saved by the Bell. This is a travesty. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised, honestly. It was on nine lists, received a total of 394 points. So just to give you an idea of what that means is in order to get in the top 100, you needed to score 394 points. And you consider on one list, someone is ranked at one, it would receive 100. So that lets you know that in order for a show to get on this, it had to get, uh, had to be had a lot of acclaim. For this one, it ranked ninth so it was on a good number of lists it just was not ranked very high uh the highest ranker like i mentioned was amanda and she ranked it all the way up at number 14 so amanda let's start with you here uh are you a little a little sad to see it go already no i mean i'm a big fan i think that it it holds a lot of nostalgia for a lot of people even today and uh i think that it i don't know if it really deserves much more acclaim than they got it tried to do its spin-off thing and i don't think that was successful so we'll uh we'll hold the higher spots for for those that can hold out a little bit better the college years was awesome no matter what anyone says <laughs> it lasted a long time Sadly, New Class was the longest part of that series. <laughs> and, uh, Kev, I, I know, I believe you you did Save by the Bell for the telecast. So, considering yeah. that, how do you feel about it making the top 100? Should it make the top 100? Should it be higher? Or what, what are your thoughts? I think if I'm ranking my personal favorite shows, it probably has a shot of making the top 100, especially if I'm not narrowing that focus by going for a specific type of show, primetime or, or different genres or that type of thing. I actually didn't rank Saved by the Bell on my list. I felt like I shouldn't rank any of the ones that, to me, it's I was looking more, I guess, as primetime TV shows, and I kind of eliminated a lot of the more afternoon or Saturday type shows. Uh, so it was just a personal thing to help me get down to my 100 that I eliminated all of those types of shows. And I figured that was also a good way to get some of my bias out of it because <laughs> I would have voted for a lot of these as far as personal favorites, but yeah. it did not make my countdown. All right. That's where I was. I had a block there. I was like, so I can't just put all my favorite shows on here. This actually has to be some shows that are good that I don't think are good. But this, <laughs> well, who doesn't know the Saved by the Bell theme song? Who doesn't? You know, understand um, if you ask them, the it, references. It's one of the like, few shows I want to own on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, so I can watch I own it whenever it. I want. But I, I just couldn't rank it in the top 100 personally. I so, want a Zach Morris cell phone. Okay, so <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? Steve, so we're at number 100 with Saved by the Bell. You say you own Saved by the Bell, and I know in past lists we saw a lot of our childhood favorites tend to dominate the list. What does that say to you? Do you think knowing that we're already seeing a show like Saved by the Bell? Uh, within the top 100 at the very 100 spot. I mean, I'm glad it hit the list at least, but I kind of understand where it's at because as far as writing, while it was was strong for what it was and it was kind of a groundbreaker at the time, compared to other shows that have come since that, I don't think that it's as acclaimed anymore as it, it was. It, I, I think it gets more acclaim in nostalgia glasses than anything else. 
Yeah, I think that some, makes any sense. Sometimes you see that with with those shows, though. I gotta say, it's one of the. I think there are some interesting aspects of it. I know, like uh, what it was, like Jimmy Fallon who did that that skit of bringing back the <laughs> the, the classic uh, Saturday Night Live, and there's still a lot of love out there. So it could be on nostalgia. Who knows? It's been a very long time since I saw it. Uh, Mike, I know the first words out of your mouth was, was travesty. It did not take very long for that to happen. So is it travesty <laughs> for it because it's too high, too low, or because it, it's it came in at 100. I would expect something to come in at 100 at, like, you know, Gotham or, you know, something horrible to come in at number 100. But say well, I hope the... nothing horrible makes the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Beggars can't be choosers. Uh-huh. <laughs> With Saved by the Bell, it was a generational thing. It was one of those things, one of those shows that we grew up on. It was one of those shows that I remember watching it after Saturday morning cartoons. When Saved by the Bell started until when it ended, I remember getting up 6, 7, 8 a.m. every Saturday watching cartoons till 11.30 or noon, and then after that, Saved by the Bell was on, whether it was reruns or whatever. Did you ever play outside, or is your Saturdays all TV? Yeah, it's all TV. Um, Mike doesn't believe in the outside. Come on now. No, the outside world really, really, really sucks. Bones us, bones us, Shut up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the outside world rejects you. <laughs> He's like that, that kid too. on uh, on uh, that movie with... Uh, Damn, I can't remember. For a second there, I really thought you were going to make a Bubble Boy reference. I was going to have to punch you. No, I wasn't going to say Bubble, <laughs> Bubble Boy. It's it's the one with uh, David Love Spade and Rob Schneider and, and the, the brother of David Spade in the movie sits oh. inside a closed room and eats sunscreen. Black sheep? No, that's... Anyway, whatever. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is TV, not movies. <laughs> um, Save by the Bell, I love the show. I don't think I've seen any episodes since we did the telecast episode for the review of the series. It's just not something, like I said a second ago, a little while ago, I personally can watch the college years more than I can watch the rest of Saved by the Bell. But, you know, hey, it's at 100, it's kicking things off, and who knows. Alrighty, well... 
Let's get over to number 99, and let's just say uh, we're about to hit a milestone already. 99. Yes, that's right. We're already hitting a milestone. The reason being, we're already seeing someone's number one come off the board, and we're only two shows in. And I got to say, of all the shows that we talked about today, this might be one of my biggest surprises because it's a show I forgot existed before I started doing this countdown. And at, at number not 99, we have The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Someone had it ranked all the way up at number one. It was on only on six lists, but that number one rank really did push it up. It only beat Saved by the Bell by four points, so it was quite a squeeze there. Um, what? I know. For, it's, a second, for a second there, I thought you were going to say quite a screech there. I'm like, wait a second. It was quite a how, screech there. How uh, does a, a series that was on for one season make somebody's number one? That's a good question. It is, well, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's again, TV has a huge variety. So, Kev, I personally am, am not well-versed in the ventures of Briscoe County Jr. Any any response to seeing it come on the list at number 99? I, I can honestly tell you I've never seen an episode of it. It was on in 1993, which I was like 12, and it was only on for like a year. You were 12 in 93? Shush. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, it was only on for a year. I mean, I like westerns, but I don't remember this being something that anybody was talking about. I mean, it's pretty unacclaimed, if that's how you want to say it. So this must be a personal favorite of somebody's. Steve, any any reaction to Briscoe County Jr.? I'm kind of surprised that it's actually beating Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I mean, again, the power of having someone I'm at your number one. That it's, I'm surprised that it's beating 700 other shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what my point is. One season, and, and, it's, and it's this... Oh, wow. I do know, actually, doing some research, it does have quite the cult following. It was one of those shows that many felt was canceled far too soon. It had that death slot of being on a Friday at 8.30, 8 o'clock, where it was well-received at the time, but certainly the ratings did not did not show. And also, considering it did have that uh, the geek icon, Bruce Campbell, who actually said this was his favorite thing he ever did. So it does have his stamp of approval. So there, so there are some positives of the show. Uh, Mike, I, I'm not sure... If you, I know it wasn't on your list, but any thoughts of seeing Briscoe County Jr.? I used to love this show. How did I know that? (laughs) (laughs) I used to, but see, here's the thing with this show, though. The show was weird for me because they did. Did it play in between Walker, Texas Ranger, and Nash Bridges by any chance? (laughs) (laughs) 93 was before, Nash Bridges was 96. Oh, my bad. Yeah. But I remember this was this was weird for me because it was like Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Then the X Files, so that was back when it was on. Was this on the same time as like the Young Indiana Jones or something like that? I, mean, this... I don't remember because I don't remember that show. But Adventures I think so. Brisk- Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. was a really weird show because they had like one or two or that they had a series of the episodes that they told this story about the whole John Bly character and everything else. And then all of a sudden they ended that immediately and then went into some serialized thing. It was like the show changed uh, mid-tempo. And after that arc kind of stopped, I kind of lost interest in it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Bruce Campbell in this show. This was the first show, uh, first time I was ever introduced to him as an actor. Oh, what the heck. I'll call you. Five Kings. Five Aces. 
It's okay, boys. Put your guns away. He cheated me fair. So we are going to get something out of this, though, because I think this show being on here will spawn five years from now us doing like the top 100 one season <laughs> shows, shows that didn't make it through one season. The top 100 like one hit wonders. Yeah. Well, there actually is a, a TV guide list of the top 100 or the top 60 shows that were canceled too soon. But uh, I mean, I did want to get your opinion on this. If, if you have one, I don't know if you even know the shows existed, but any thoughts on Frisco County Jr.? Uh, I have never even heard of the show and I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. I mean, you could catch up on it real quickly. It's probably only 13 episodes or something. It I don't might... know if that's something I want to commit to. <laughs> it to might last season. shorter than this episode. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. All right. So that's it for number 99. What that does tell you, though, is though being number one on a list does get you someplace. You can see that does not get you very far. You need you need to be on a lot of lists. You need to get a lot of people loving your show in order to make this top 100. Let's get on to the next of the countdown. 98. All right. Well, so we had a huge surprise already. We're going to take a quite a, a trip, though, because very different in genre, a little bit more, more current. Actually, the most current show we're getting to so far. And we're going to go into the first show we see on a cable network show as we get into our number 98 with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the FX comedy. It was on nine lists. The highest it was ranked was 28. So unlike Briscoe County Jr., it did not get ranked very high. One, one thing coming into this, we talked about being on different networks, being on cable, if that would have any impact on this show knowing that you're going to the big thing with these is being able to have exposure and having people seen it so uh i know i was the only one on the panel currently that did rate the it's always funny in philadelphia and i gotta say i am i'm definitely really happy it made the list i wasn't sure where it would rank it's deserving i think it's actually at a, a pretty good spot i think I, I had it ranked higher in my list but I, I understand it being ranked here it's the type of comedy that let's just say it there's nothing it won't do for sure That's cool. We're up now, baby girl. So let's do some shots. No, I don't drink. You know that. I think it makes people look ugly. I. Maybe I should go to my room. But that is not your room anymore. It is my craft studio. So kindly stay out of there. Don't freak out, dude. It's, it's, it's all good, dude. She turned it into a craft studio where she makes terrible sweatshirts out, out of cats or puts cats in sweatshirts. And then I'm like, dude, what the hell did you do? What? Dennis, do not talk to me that way. I am your wife. Please show me some respect in front of your friends. Yeah, it was honestly almost canceled after the first season, but luckily with Danny DeVito coming on, which is a weird thing to see in the second season, it really took off, and it uh, I will, it's a show that's not really afraid to offend people in, in any way, and I think it really set the stage for what was to come with FX comedies. Um, Amanda or Kevin, any thoughts on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Uh, I've seen... I would say a handful of episodes, but I laughed the whole time. And it does go there. I mean, didn't somebody poop the bed? It wasn't that a thing in one well, of the episodes. That, that's the one of the more tame things that happened. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. within, within the second season, you see people on welfare and smoking crack just yeah. for fun. So that's again, there's there's, you know, it's if you've seen shows like South Park, other those, it's around the same vein. But again, it's I would say it's more than shock comedy because it's it's what it does with it. I think especially the characters are kind of very, very interesting. 
I think there it's all it's a dumb comedy, but there's also so many plot twists that you're like, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. It's one of those shows that kind of creates its own language in a way uh, with the different things it does, and then and then you have something like one of its characters just purposely gaining weight because he just because he notices that most characters in TV shows look better as the series goes on, so he just wants to reverse that. But it has nothing to do with the show; he just does it for the effect of it. But uh, Kevin, Mike, anything to say on It's Always Sunny? It's it's one of those shows. It's, there's a handful of comedies that were out uh, in that time period in the mid 2000s up to where we're at today that I have nothing against, but for some reason I just haven't sat down to catch up on. And I like Danny DeVito. So I think I would like it. I've probably seen uh, maybe an episode or a couple parts of episodes. I just hadn't seen enough of it to fully put it on my list, which that doesn't always eliminate shows from being put on my list, but that in combination with some other things kept it off of my list, but it's something that I need to catch up with. I think me and D should be best buds. I think we <laughs> hang out like all the time. It, there, it is available in a lot of places. You can stream it on Hulu. It's available on Netflix and I think Amazon prime as well. So if it's a show you, it's one actually I started, I ca- caught up a little bit when we were doing this list. I wanted to watch more of it. So it's, uh, it's better as it goes Any on. show that's been on for at least 10 seasons deserves some credit. Yeah, definitely. Considering it was with an FX when it FX with it was in its infancy, I think so. It, right. That rule depends on the show because there are some shows that have lasted ten that lasted ten seasons that could have only lasted five in actual good quality content. Looking at you, Smallville. As far as it's always sunny, all I can think of is, oh my god, that's the friggin' penguin. What is he doing there? Don't worry, I warned Amanda about your references. <laughs> oh, man. That was a little bit more common than I was expected. Uh, he is far from the penguin in this, and he even looks shorter than he is when he's the penguin in this. I'm pretty sure he. At least got he doesn't have the fins. The you don't know that. <laughs> you don't know that. Steve, I did have a question for you. Knowing this is our first show from a, not a major network, do you think it has any indication of what's to come on the list? I, I I'm really sure. Like I I have this feeling that we're going to see a lot more shows vain uh, pop up because. I, I have this feeling that everybody else likes these kind of shows. I am not one of these people, but it's not necessarily it, it's more so because I don't get cable. So and I don't have all I don't subscribe to all these things. So what I watch is on the basic cable channels. So a lot of my rankings are from that or from when I have had cable in the past. I, I think that a lot of these type shows, though, like FX, HBO, you know, AMC, like I said before, I think a lot of these are going to show up to some capacity. Yeah, and, and like I said, that's a good point. So because some with TV, unlike movies, accessibility can impact you know the way a show falls on this list. You know, contrary to popular belief, we are not professional movie critics or TV critics. I know it's hard to believe. I know, uh, but <laughs> because of that, time access is will possibly have an impact on what people vote for. So keep that in mind. All right, and let's just say we're kind of getting back to old times as we get into our next in the countdown. Ninety-seven. Yes, well, it did not take long for us to enter familiar ground, as with it's only number 97, and we're already in, and we're already back to the world of animation with The Flintstones at number 97. Most notably, as we mentioned, primetime animated shows are eligible, and sometimes people forget that The Flintstones was not actually a Saturday morning cartoon show, but it was designed for adults and designed for primetime. Steve, uh, Mike, well, we ended with you last time, so let's start with you here. We're starting with an animated show already. Are you surprised that we're already getting back to the world of animation? 
A little bit, because I just never remembered the Flintstones in primetime. I remembered it in Saturday morning reruns. Do you think it's deserving of a top 100 TV countdown? Oh, it is. I mean, it's essentially an animated version of The Honeymooners. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I felt when we were creating the rules for the countdown that the animated shows should have been axed because we've already done that, you know. I mean, I get its importance, I get all that, but this is supposed to be about live action, not animation. I yeah, disagree I, with that. Oh, strongly disagree with that, and let's just say, you know, we'll see why as we, as we continue <laughs> this countdown. Well, Amanda hasn't done any of that, so we're going to just veto that and say, yes, that Flintstone should be on there because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't argue with that. So, Amanda, are you knowing that you think it belongs, do you think it should be higher? Is it in a good spot? What are your thoughts? I think it's a good spot. I don't think it's a high enough caliber in the um, animation field as like a a Simpsons or something along that lines. Um, I think maybe it could have been a little higher, but yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's that sounds that sounds about about right, Kevin. I know you ranked Flintstones really high when it came to the animated series countdown, but comparing it to TV is is a a different beast because you're you know you're comparing it to other comedies rather than other other animated TV series. So it is kind of on the other end of the list here. Is that show you that animation maybe is not respected as much as live action? What does that do? Do you think it says about the Flintstones? Well, what number are we on? We're on ninety ninety seven seven. I, I rank this 96, so I'm pretty happy with it. But the main reason why I think it deserves to be on here is I think people forget three different things. Number one, they forget that it was a primetime show. And number two, I think they forget the impact that it had on animation and on the ability of a prime of an animated show to be in primetime and not just be there, but to compete with the top-rated shows. This was a show that was nominated for an Emmy. This was a show that was in the top 20 rated primetime TV shows one of its years, and it was in the top 32 of its years. So it's not something that was just some fly in the pan or flash in the pan type animated show that made headlines, but nobody really watched it. I mean, this was a successful milestone impact making animated show. And yes, it does have a lot of ties to other live action shows like Mike mentioned, but I don't think that can be discounted. I I don't, I'm not saying there's a million animated shows that belong in this, but there's definitely a handful and it's one of them. I mean, did you see the movie that they made? Well, let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That might, that might actually hurt. Never mind. The sequel to that movie was even worse, but John Goodman was easily the best live-action Fred Flintstone in 1994. Oh, ever. Not just me. There's a stiff competition for that that crap. Moving on. (laughs) Steve, any thoughts on the Flintstones before we move on to the next one? Um, Well, I was kind of like when we were developing the idea of this, of of animation entering into this, I, I was like initially against it because, like Mike had said, we had done it. However... It's hard to discount the relevance of this show or the shows that it's spawned from it. Because if we wouldn't have had the Flintstones, we wouldn't have had, you know, your family guy, the Simpsons. I mean, because essentially these these like comedy family kind of things that are going on spawned from that. And so without having that strong foundation of something to kind of play off of, I don't think that we would have the uh, what we have today in, in the animation world that's in the other primetime spectrum. 
Definitely, definitely. And like Kevin mentioned, this was a show that was legit when it came out, so much so it was the first, as as Kevin mentioned, the first animated show ever to be nominated for a primetime Emmy, not daytime Emmy, not like uh, some random award that doesn't matter. It was nominated for Best Outstanding Comedy Series. So it, it locks the loss to another classic show, the, the Jack Benny Show. So again, it's a highly respected show. So I know I, I too, growing up, just assumed it was Saturday morning cartoon show. But when you go back and look at it, it kind of makes sense that it wasn't. So. Alrighty, let's move on to the next in the countdown. And let's just say uh, one person in the panel uh, might not be too happy with what we have in store. 96. Alright, things might start getting real as we're, we saw a number one off the board. And we are about to see a number two come off the board as at number 96 we have Supernatural. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Uh, yes, as you can see, a lot of lovers of Supernatural on on the panel. It was on seven lists. It was highest ranked as number two, like I mentioned, by none other than Steve Megatron Phillips. So it's it's fitting that we start with you, Steve. Seeing your number two go off the board, I know how that feels because last last time we did this, my my number two was off the board at a hundred. So at least you beat my number two from last time. But little little, little upset seeing it fall this low already. Ah, uh, surprisingly, yes. Oh, that's such a pain. Because <laughs> the last two top 100s mine at least made it to the top five. Yeah, this is this is real rough on me because I've been watching this show. My wife and I have been watching it since uh, just before the second season aired. Uh, we picked it up at like a video store and started watching the blitz through the whole first season and since have watched it religiously. And uh, for a show that has gone on this long, I'm surprised to see it this end of the spectrum like i was expecting maybe like the the, you know the top 50 but not like the bottom feeder edition of the top 100 so yeah this is kind of painful to watch this uh fall this early i uh, I, I, I've been there. I've been there. We, we're we're going to start our own little uh, counseling sessions as we talk about our top shows going down way too early. And Amanda, I think I, I heard you also not too happy seeing this fall already. So uh, a little a little shock that Supernatural is already coming down the board. Jensen Ackles is my future ex-husband. He just doesn't know it yet. That's what um, my wife says. <laughs> this was originally her this, number two. This should have been, if we were doing a personal list, this would have been my number one show hands down. It came in at my number five just because I felt like I had to put some more high caliber, better uh, accepted shows on my list um, higher. But this has to be my favorite show ever. Um, I've seen the seasons several times. All the reruns, as soon as it's on TV, the new episode, um, I want to see it. I follow them all on Twitter, on Facebook, anything and everything. I've got t-shirts in the closet right now. She's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just cannot understand why it's so low. I don't get it. I, probably because it's... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a bunch of dudes that can't appreciate some sexy men killing ghosts. So, <laughs> hey, hey we, we, hey, we love the Ghostbusters. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I said sexy men killing ghosts. Come on, Colleen. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's not sexy. Come on. <laughs> that forehead, though. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Dan, Dan Aykroyd now, but then, you know. <laughs> it right. just keeps getting bigger. But yeah, yeah it, I, I think this is a travesty. So <laughs> that uh, that's probably the the biggest hit I'm going to take this whole show. I know. So, so Kev, up to, up to this point, we've seen a Western, we've seen comedy, we've seen a kid's show, we've seen a cartoon, and, and now a fantasy TV show. Does it seem kind of odd seeing such a mixture of genres and we've only a, a few up, a few shows in so far? I, I don't know if I would say odd. Uh, maybe surprised at those genres being the ones, and there's a few that we haven't seen represented yet that I would definitely expect to see very soon. I had this one ranked number 93. So I'm still happy. I'm doing good so Can far, guys. Is it, was there steak? Was there like a yes. fantasy DraftKings or something that I, we entered this? You probably I don't, I don't know, but uh, nobody like enter chances. Nobody enter any FanDuel stuff because <laughs> I'm just liking my chances so far of being the most accurate list. So I'm, I'm we, cool with this. Do we have a pummel list for people that rank things in, inaccurately? <laughs> yeah, I have it on my list. There was only, what, nine or seven for this one? There's nine. Nine people ranked this. So. Hey, I'm one of nine. I'm one of nine. So, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're not bad. <laughs> I gave us points. Yeah, considering that's that's 20 people that you'd have that on that pummel list, so you gotta you got to consider that. So. <laughs> I'm safe so far. No eye poking for me. <laughs> I'll hunt them down. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're going to return to familiar ground with our next on the list. So. 95. Yeah, that's right. We Well, we talked about one FX comedy, and we're going to talk about another one. And I, I'm not sure how much we're going to have w- with the panel today, but i got to say I'm happy to see this on the list because it is one of my current favorite shows. We have Louie. Uh, again, another FX show. It was on nine lists. It was as highest ranked as 11, uh, an average rank of 41. So no one ranked it super high except for maybe one person. I, I got to say, I am a huge fan of the Louie show. It is, it's odd. It's, it's a unique show. It is a show without structure in a way. There's no predictability from it from episode to episode, season to season. Different characters, different actors play different characters. You never really know what you're going to get. Uh, it is, it is like Forrest Gump with a box of chocolates daughter. in that way. Very, very happy. All you have to do is go on YouTube and tell everybody that I did not steal your material. I never said that you stole my jokes. You never said it, but you let other people say it. What let? I can't tell people what to say. You're full of Dane, look. You know what? I'm excited that you're in this room right now because I've waited four years to tell you this. Do you know the year 2006? 2006? Yes, 2006. You don't really say 2006. It's 2006. 2006 is like saying the year 2000, and by the way, the number six. 2006 was the greatest year of my entire life. I had a double platinum comedy album. First one ever to exist. I had a massive HBO special. I was on the cover of Time. Well, you were on the corner, the little corner thing. It wasn't the... 
Not like when the president is on the cover. 2006. That should have been like my triumph. And I enjoyed it, Louis, for maybe two months. Two months before it started to suck. Because everything I read about me was about how I stole jokes from you, which I didn't. I kind of think you did. Dude, why would I steal three jokes from you when I have hours of material? Why? Why would I do that? Risk my reputation. Because they were funny jokes. But it's also just, you know, really funny coming from the mind of Louis C.K. And what's kind of cool about it, for those that don't know, is that uh, Louis did not want to do a TV show. And FX really wanted him to do one. So they kind of just said, hey, do whatever you want. And that's what he did and did did it to rounding success because it is on our list. And it is coming with a pedigree. It has won multiple golden. It's been nominated for multiple Golden Globe Awards. It's won multiple Emmys for Best Writing, Best Directing. Uh, lead actor for Louis C.K. So it's it's well regarded, one of the most decorated shows of today. I know, Amanda, you said you watched It's Always Sunny. Do you ever catch Louis? Um, I've seen little snippets, and I think that his because he, he does he have like a sarcastic, dry kind of like assholey humor. Is that assholey, assholey is a, 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 a good good word good <laughs> word to use. I would say he's definitely uh, unfiltered in a way. I would say, and uh, it's like the R-rated version of Seinfeld, if if you want to put it that way. Yikes! <laughs> I, I I agree that it's decorated, and I think that gives it some credence. I mean, it hasn't been it's only been on for what five seasons, and it already has you know multiple awards to go with it. So it's obviously well done. I don't get. Uh, that channel and i've never seen it so i can't speak for it but i don't think too many people would have a problem with it showing up uh on the countdown definitely not and i will say again i i no longer have cable but it is i did try to look at shows that are, that are currently streaming so people didn't want to check this out this is one that is currently streaming on on netflix so if you wanted to check it out i will say it's first season's a little rough around the edges but it really kind of hits its stride season two season three and don't go in expecting the same type of roles you would you would see for a normal sitcom because it kind of just does its own thing. It's sometimes it'll just be a, a a random like side story. Sometimes it's like a combination of short stories within a TV show. It's it's really cool on that end. Like it's just like him trying to really rewrite the rules of TV. So all right, well let's move on to our next show and let's just say well we're gonna be talking about an icon and we might see some uh, some strong reaction to where this show falls. Uh oh. Ninety four. All right. Yes, I, I'm talking about an icon so much so we, we we had one number one on our list fall and we had one number two. And guess what? We're having another number one fall. And it's our first sketch comedy TV show of the day. And that is none other than the Carol Burnett show. Uh, one of the most decorated shows of its time. And we've been kind of in our current period of time. So we're taking some trip back. And I know this is a show that's unique in the sense that it's a show that I think was before much of our childhood. So I was actually surprised to see it rank so well. It was on seven lists. And as I mentioned, it's ranked as high as number one, an average rank of 40. So for the most people did not rank it above top 25, top 30. So it's kind of why it's falling here. Mike, any thoughts on seeing the Carol Burnett show at number 96? It deserves to make the list. But at the same time, I do not remember any sketches from this thing. Didn't she have like a sweet wig and she dressed up like an old lady? She she, she had, did a lot of things. Kevin, any thoughts on the Caribbean show? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I should be happy that it's on the countdown. I would make the argument that it should be higher. I think this is this is what I was talking about in the introduction, where I said I'm, I was afraid that maybe some of the older shows would fall. Oh, 
fall you know to the wayside or get lost in the shuffle so i am glad it made the countdown i think it deserves a little bit more credit it was on uh, 11 seasons out of those 11 seasons it was nominated for awards 10 of them it was in the top 30 of the tv ratings for eight of those 11 seasons and this was something that really shaped the landscape of sketch comedy in a way. I mean, there was a lot of sketch comedy shows back in that time period in the early TV days, all the way up through the sixties and seventies heading into like stuff like Saturday night Night live and et cetera. But I just think some of the stuff that she did was amazing. And if anybody is a, like a night owl, I'm sure you've seen like the Carol Burnett clips in like some type of 2 AM infomercial. Cause they used to play all the time, but yeah, and uh, that's kind of funny how I remember it too. I'm like, that's that show I would see, or the commercials, and tell me to buy its VHS tapes all the time. So, yeah, I'm just happy it's on the list. I guess it was interesting too. It actually had a revival series in the '90s, which I think I was, when I when I caught it because my my parents were a big fan of the show when it came out, and it has a in, huge impact. I think the the kind of the bad thing about a variety show or uh, a sketch show like this, one, it doesn't you don't see it in reruns a lot. So for many of us, when if it being before our time, it's not something that's going to get syndicated, not something you're seeing like a Nick at Night or something like that. So it's like it, it doesn't necessarily have that staying power. So it may be why you know those that did experience it really loved it. Like I mentioned, already up to number on number one on on one person's list. So those people that were probably had the opportunity to see it did enjoy it a great deal. As Kevin mentioned, it was a huge success of its time, but. I ranked it number 19, so obviously I'm in support of it. Yeah, sure, sure. Steve, any thoughts on the Carol Burnett show? Uh, well, I did forget that show. Uh, I do remember watching clips of it. I guess I just never associated name with stuff I've watched of it. And it was normally late night stuff, and in when you're up playing video games late at night and everything, and, and you had the TV on for background sound, I you know I've caught stuff like that and the the crazy old lady skit where you know. She's wearing the grandma's wig and everything. So, I mean, like, I, I'm familiar with a lot of the stuff in it. I, It's nice to see an older show uh, with such a following actually show up in the list, uh, regardless if it's come before or after it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that's one thing where we're at number number ninety four right now, and we're we're seeing a, a yin yang of years. We've not really stayed in one period of time for for, for longer, and. Uh, well, next one's going to be kind of interesting. I think it's going to lead to some fun discussion, so let's get to it. 93. I'm going to start this by asking you all a question. Uh, can you actually tell me, can you tell me how, can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? Because <laughs> that is our number 93 show, Sesame Street. I was shocked to see this on the list. It was on eight lists as highest ranked. It did not get ranked super, super high. The highest it was ranked was 28th. So no, nowhere in the top 10, top 15. But, Mike, let, let's start with you. You, I know you had some thoughts on the show like Saved by the Bell and where it landed. What, do you, what did you think about Sesame Street coming in here? This is just crazy. <laughs> it goes to show what we said in the intro about where shows are going to fall. It's just going to affect us all very differently. Yeah, Sesame Street was very groundbreaking. Uh, it was probably the first show most of us in the 80s saw as kids. It was one of those morning shows where that's where we got our morning lessons before we actually went off to school. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely had as a huge impact on our childhood. Kev, I know with you, you said with Saved by the Bell, you kind of didn't include it because you were m mostly focused on more primetime action shows and uh, primetime shows. 
So uh, I know Sesame Street did not make your list, but how do you feel about it ranking here in the top 100? I mean, if if you hear the term top 100 television shows of all time, it makes sense to include something like Sesame Street, just like Flintstones, just like Saved by the Bell for the impact and for kind of the type of genre they were and being kind of the best of those genres. And nobody can obviously argue with its longevity. Again, I left it off my list because I guess in my focus, I was in order to try to come down to 100, I was mainly thinking about primetime television shows. But as far as, like I said, hearing the phrase top shows of all time, Sesame Street should be in the conversation. It certainly makes sense. I mean, it it does have some primetime acclaim. It's actually won six primetime Emmys for its different primetime specials. So it it has some pedigree there. It's actually kind of insane because... in, there's actually some surveys done in latest as 2006 that says 95% of all American children have watched Sesame Street at one time or another. So it, it certainly has impact and has won over 159 Emmy Awards. So And also, if you if you took some type of statistic as to which show has been seen by more people in more countries in the world, I would guess that Sesame Street would be number one on that list. It, 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 sure, it sure would rank there. Uh, Steve, let's move over to you. What are your thoughts on seeing Sesame Street at number 93? It, it definitely deserves to be on the list. I mean, it's it's been around since the, what, the 60s? And then it's it's had multiple iterations across, you know, worldwide. And then the fact that it's it's got probably one of the longest running series ever. And the fact that everybody's know like you guys have said everybody's watched it at some point in their life amanda any thoughts on sesame street yeah i I watched sesame street just as much as anybody growing up i watched it in preschool i know all the characters i think that it it was not as uh dynamic as some of the shows i think it it stayed what it was for a very long period of time until it kind of made itself a little bit more modern um bringing in elmo i thought that was uh really really fun i like him as a character um not just the you know oscar the grouch and bert and ernie and, and all those guys i don't think he was a part of the original cast was he he was brought in a little bit later and... no he was part of the original cast i remember him in the elmo, was not. elmo was not he when he first debuted too he was more like a caveman he wasn't like the elmo we know and love they kind of switched him around and uh hey. to what he is now yeah he's more it's... of the focus of the show now which is the the i think the key thing there Right. Yeah, it shifted gears a little bit, but I think that they made a little bit more PC, a little bit more now, and I think they've been able to grow um, with the time. Yeah, and most shows can't uh, reinvent themselves as, as successfully as Sesame Street has to become relevant and can stay relevant. And you got to love some of its pop culture references. It's, it's done like uh, some references like Game of Thrones and Mad Men. Like so they, right. they're pretty incredible what it, it can do. So, and one thing I would advise seeing is there's actually a documentary that came out this year, I Am Big Bird which talks about uh, Lewis Carroll and his uh, work as Big Bird. I think that kind of shows you just how much impact Sesame Street can have and when you're just looking at one specific character. So I, too, didn't rank my list. And just some behind the scenes, I did provide everyone a master list. And this was actually even included in the master list because I just didn't even think of it. But So it was actually written in by people. So that's how much people love it. They loved it so much. It was a write-in campaign to get it on this list. So maybe if I included it, it would have been higher. I'm not sure. But uh Cool the ground roots it. people have spoken. I know, I know. It's like, uh, it's insane. It's a, it, There was an online campaign. It wasn't, it was crazy. It's Kickstarter, um, I think. All right. Any other thoughts on Sesame Street before we move on? All righty. Well, <laughs> this next one's going to be fun. So <laughs> I just say I could see some people not liking what we're going to be having for our, our number 92 slot. 92. 
I talked about Briscoe County Jr. was maybe the most surprising show because I never really heard of it. This show is most surprising because I didn't think anyone liked it. And that is none other than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is showing up at number 92. It was on seven list, highest ranked as number nine. A show that I tried to watch it and could not get through it. Steve, we ended with you last time. Let's start with you here. Thoughts about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming in at number 92. Uh, I hit it my top 20, but that's it's at the high end of it. But um, I would say that the show has actually kind of gotten to its own now. As sad as it's taken it three seasons to get there, I, I have kept up with it. The the first season, like the beginning of it, it was kind of, you know, playing with the mystery of Coulson. Then you get into the end, and uh, it's really weak when it's not surrounded by a movie. However, season two did pick it up a lot better than season one did. And then after Age of Ultron, it seems like this series can actually hold on its own now. It, it is sad it's taken it three seasons to do that on its own, but it has gotten a lot better than what it once was. Mike, uh, did you uh, watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all? I made it through five episodes of season one. I've never gone back to it, and I probably won't until it gets canceled. (laughs) Do you think it deserves top 100? No, honestly. (laughs) No. Fair enough. Uh, Just sheer out of season one, out of what I've seen, no. Amanda, let's go to you next. Do you think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of getting some love because of the Marvel movies? Do you think without those it would make this list? Yeah, I think it's totally dragging on the coattails of the films. Um, I love the Marvel Universe. I love all the movies. But this show, I could not get behind. I I think I only made it through a few minutes of an episode, and I just was completely disinterested. But the more I hear people, you know, getting hooked on this show, it makes me want to watch it. But I feel like I'm so far behind now, I'm not sure if I want to binge and and really uh, try to get on board with this. Kevin, any thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, we've never been accused of having a superhero bias, have we? <laughs> once or twice, once or twice. Okay. Well, I mean, this is a product of being a superhero show, a Geek Cast Radio Network, uh, as the name of our of our website. And it's also a modern show, so I guess it's fresh on people's minds. But for someone to rank this number nine of all time, that's got to be... I don't know. Like that person is British, so that person has not seen a lot of TV. And uh, <laughs> but I, man, I can't watch this. I'm still trying to catch up with like more legit superhero TV shows. So I, I'm still I, trying to catch up with Arrow and Flash. Flash and waiting for more Daredevil and stuff like that. So I have no time for Agents of Shield. Do you think it's a sign of of, of more superhero shows to come? If this is on there and those other, I would be shocked if we don't see at least a half dozen more. Alrighty. Any other thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before we move on? I'm interested to see where Agent Carter comes into play here. Then doesn't she have her own show? She does. She does. <laughs> is she your number one? Is there any, Dan, I gotta ask you a question before we go any further. Are there any shows that made the countdown that haven't actually aired any episodes yet? Well, funny that you say that. <laughs> coming in at number nine. No, just not not that I'm aware of. Not okay, aware. good. I don't think that whatever that shit, the, what is it, Legends of Tomorrow for uh, yeah. Supergirl? Supergirl's not on the list or Wonder Girl no, or whatever it is. Uh, no. as, as much as I wanted to list like Heroes Reborn, there wasn't a legitimate. <laughs> well, I mean, like as right. much as I, I still had to see it first and it's still not done. So, I mean, it realistically right. couldn't be included in Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. Uh, again, same issue. 
even with all the other Netflix series coming out. I, I will say, you know, like, I, like Steve mentioned, I have seen people, saw people say that it does get better as the, it goes on. I personally, I, I try to watch it a few times. I cannot get past the fifth episode. It, it, the first, I will say the first 13 episodes are horrid. I almost the show myself. At that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That point. And then I made it past that point. Uh, and then they started kind of dangling that carrot. Uh, you got an actual episode with Sam Jackson in it for an entire episode helping Coulson, which helped. And then, uh, which was on the coat of Captain America two. And then, uh, then you get into the second season and in the second season, the beginning of it fell short until you got wrapped around the close to the eventually. And then, uh, it kind of picked up and it stayed that way. So in agent, in agent Carter's eight episodes, that was more interesting to me than the five episodes I've seen of shield. <laughs> I did like Agent Carter. I did. I'd be curious. If it I think it, I, sorry to interrupt. I think it, it kind of lends itself though, because the shorter season, they can tell a tighter knit story instead of filling it with uh, filler garbage. I just think she's more interesting than Colson. Well, that's point. what I'm, what I'm saying is because there's 22 episodes of Agents of Shield compared to the eight episodes of Agent Carter, there's not as much junk in the in the show. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's move on to the next in our countdown. 91. So we were in the world of action superhero. We were in Sesame Street. Well, let's move back to the world of comedy. It's been a while since we went there with another sitcom, a more recent sitcom that just recently ended, and that is. At number 91, we have How I Met Your Mother. It was on seven lists. The highest was ranked at, was actually in the top ten, was in, was number eight. Uh, it was on nine lists, 433 points. Only beat Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by one point. Like I said, I'm going to bring that out a few times. This list is super, super close. Uh, let's start with Amanda here. Any thoughts on How I Met Your Mother? Not legitimately, but the show. <laughs> Stay away from my mom, Dan. <laughs> uh, this is another one where I, I haven't caught an entire episode. And I think it's one of those that I didn't see from the beginning. And it's a lot of inside jokes is what I felt from it. And I think that I need to watch it from the beginning to, to get more out of it. I, I, I just really couldn't get on board with it. I mean, MPH, cool, but... I mean. <laughs> hey, it did it did bring his revive his career, so points for it there. Right. Steve, any thoughts on How I Met Your Mother? No, uh, I was trying to make a joke, and it came out bad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I watched the show, like, on guessing, 
I, I kind of felt that with the, the inside joke thing, but at the same time, I felt that the episodes were kind of almost standalone-ish, that you didn't necessarily have to know the jokes that were going on, uh, because they would kind of create new ones every episode, and so it, it kind of lended to itself, and you really didn't have to understand what was going on, because it kind of explained it. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with showing up on the show. It did last quite a few seasons, so um, it, I, I think it does deserve to be there because it was a, a funny comedy. But Kevin, up to this point, we've had three modern uh, modern sitcoms show up. We've had Louie, we've had Always It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and now How I Met Your Mother. Do you think we've got those shows in the correct order? It's hard to say because I haven't necessarily been a religious watcher of any of them to really compare them. But I think when it comes to which show was talked about the most or which show kind of was more, not necessarily critically acclaimed, but more watched, more talked about, etc. I would think How I Met Your Mother probably is the highest ranking one out of that. That doesn't always necessarily mean it's the best show. But again, a show that's been that was on for, you know, nine, ten seasons or something like that. Uh, so it had some staying power, which a lot of times is not the case, especially, especially in the world of sitcoms. You see that sometimes more with like the crime or the action shows that are able to last that long. But sitcoms, it seems like a, a harder game to sustain for 10 plus seasons. So, it, you know, it has some critical acclaim behind it. It obviously... It was talked about a lot that in Big Bang Theory, you know, quite a bit. Um, so I, I don't, I ranked it even though I haven't seen a ton of episodes because I felt like at least it deserved a spot somewhere in the countdown. Yeah, I, I was along the same lines and it does have some acclaim, like you mentioned. It was nominated for 28 Emmy Awards. So it's, you know, it has been highly regarded and it was highly rated. And I think when you kind of look at today's landscape is kind of strange. You try to think, what is the show of the 2000s? Because there is a huge variety there. Usually the one of the shows I think that you would, the most common show you think you would hear people talk about, one was How I Met Your Mother. So I personally wasn't a show I regularly watched, but I could recognize, you know, how good it was and would catch it on syndication here and there. So uh, it was funny. And, and NPH, Neil Patrick Harris, let's say, I do think he it was quite funny. So, and I, I, I see what Amanda's saying with the inside joke thing. I, I do think that you do see that. You, where it's a lot of references to itself and it, it might be harder to get into it unless you're in on the ground for uh, Amanda quick question any any chance we see another NPH show uh, is, doesn't he just have the new best ever or I, I guess uh, no, no, Doogie oh, no, okay, okay. come on no, Doogie oh, okay. yeah I, I definitely consider the Dukes for uh, my list so we'll see All right. All right. well, if he better be I mean how, I, I think he is one of the biggest um I want to say like a pop culture icon in the TV world. I mean, if if you have like a child prodigy, you're going to call him Doogie Howser, no matter what he uh, he's into. He's a doctor or, um, you know, nuclear physicist or, or whatever he is. He's going to be a little Doogie Howser in my book. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I'm going to put a, a little bit of a warning before we get into our next pick. You keep and scaring me with these warnings, Dan. I know. I'll just say if you're listening on headphones, you might want to turn the volume down a little bit because you're... You're about to hear some screaming. 90. All right. Yes, with our next pick, we saw one of our panels number two go down. Now we're seeing one of our panels number three go down because everyone's thinking about who it could be. Who could it be? Well, at number 90, we have one of the most iconic cars of all time, 
and that is Knight Rider as number 90. It was on seven Wait. list, highest ranked as number three by none other, none other than TFG1 Mike. Mike, let's start with you here. Obviously, coming in a lot lower than you had it. What are your thoughts on seeing Knight Rider show up at number 90? I could see the 2008 reboot coming this low, but come oh, on. If the 2008 show was on our countdown, I might leave. <laughs> well, at this point, yeah, I would too. But I'm just saying that, I mean, come on. This, you take Knight Rider, Airwolf, and A-Team. Those were the three, three what of the biggest. might have one good show. Oh, shut up, MacGyver. <laughs> you know, those were the three shows, I rem- three action shows I remember watching as a kid. And Knight Rider, I did a whole a whole podcast on Knight Rider alone and reviewed every single episode from all three incarnations of that franchise. But I think Evil Kit from Killer Kit would say it best, I ain't your pal. Well, that's good to know. I have no idea what that <laughs> means. But uh, Steve, any thoughts <laughs> on Knight Rider showing up at number 90? I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I mean, I have it in my later half of, I actually have it at 76, so. But no problem showing up where it does. I I do see that it's iconic. Uh, It does scream 80s cheese. I don't know. It's a fun, fun show with a, you know, talking car that's, that's, you know, helping solve crime and everything, so. Um, come on, dude! You got to at least give. Some- it's Feeny, I know. Come on, come I on! I don't much care for his driver. But- this is Feeny before Feeny was Feeny. Come on now! Yeah, I, I don't care. Nobody for his cares driver. he's Feeny. <laughs> See, they like references. That's that's the, how they work. That's the, the way they go. <laughs> uh, Amanda, he I know- likes his references. I yeah. just have to <laughs> capitalize on them. Uh, Amanda, any thought? Any thoughts on Night Rider whatsoever? Only that I'm way too young. <laughs> and I do remember what the theme sounded like and what the car looked like. Can I tell you what any of the episodes were? No. I think that it's it's definitely iconic, so I'm a little shocked that it's so low, but definitely not top five material in my book. Yeah. I'm too young. It's probably something that David Hasselhoff hears way too much nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. When the show was airing, I was Mike, you already t- had your turn. Shut up. <laughs> when it was actually airing from 82 to 86, I was a bit too young, but I'd caught it in reruns. And in 1986, when I was six years old, I actually went to the Boston Budweiser Expo, and I got to stand in front of Kit. I got to sit in Kit, and I actually got my picture taken with Michael Knight. That was just an so awesome... So you were at a beer expo when you were six. His real name's not Michael Knight, by the way. <laughs> Shut up. You don't want to think <laughs> Uh-huh. The character, you idiot. I know. <laughs> well, it, I was born in 87, so I should get a pass um, from this awful show. Yeah, yeah, yeah most of you youngsters get a pass, so... <laughs> uh, Kev, I'll, I'll go to you next. Do you think Knight Rider is top 100 worthy, or is it one of those situations? I know we've seen it in the past with when it comes to 80 properties that maybe, quote-unquote, you know, uh, nostalgia or novelty glasses that people are wearing when reviewing this show. I, I mean, I like, don't get me wrong, I like... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Knight Rider, uh, 
our family watched it off and on. Uh, it wasn't something we watched like religiously or all the time or anything like that, but it's, it's a decent show. I have a problem putting any show in the top 100 that stars David Hasselhoff, but uh, <laughs> maybe that's just a bias on my end. But Wait, then why was Bay Watch Nights number two on your list? <laughs> I wish, Dan. You're not supposed to reveal stuff that's not actually going to show up in the top 100. But, uh, Wait, no, you I, put Knights as no, my oh, God, I was going to say, you put the original show fine, but Knights. No, you did, Dan. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be cursed with that forever now. But uh, no, that did not make my list either. I considered it in my initial you know, selection of shows, but as soon as I went through the second draft, it was cut out because there was just too many other good shows that I had to make room for. So nothing against Knight Rider. I think if it's in the 90s, that's fine, but it should definitely not be any higher than that. All right, so we're we're already out of the 90s, going into the 80s, so let's see what we have next. 89. The, the surprises continue with our number 89. I think for those people might want to go to their IMDb, get ready to type in this show's name, because I think there's a, slight, a, a good amount of people that don't know this show ever existed, because it's another show that was only on for a short time, uh, and that is... Sports Nights coming in at number 89. Uh, no, not Sports Center. No, not some sort of sports show, but actually Sports Night. It ran for two seasons on ABC. The show was on 10 lists. So it was on a great deal list, as highest ranked as number three. I got to say, I know Briscoe County Jr. is a show I talked about being a surprise, but this to me was a huge surprise because the show I really enjoy, but did not know there was that much love out for Sports Night. Ah, I, I know a lot of people may not even know it existed, but created by Aaron Sorkin was his first show before he went to West Wing. So kind of where he cut his teeth. Kev, let's start with you here. Was Sports Night a show you watched at all and or, or maybe caught? I know it was in syndication on like Comedy Central and a few other shows for a short bit. I think when you just mentioned it was probably the first time I heard it since whatever commercial i might have seen in 1998 or 1999 for it <laughs> i at least have heard of briscoe county i who is in this uh jason was... molina um and there's a, a legit actors i can't think of their names but some actors hmm. that are in good wife now i will say it, it does have maybe not like star-studded cast but if you watched any aaron Sorkin show you're going to see similar similar actors yeah so. i just I, I probably knew this existed in 1998 but my uh, current self did not doesn't this have felicity huffman in it yes it does yeah i remember that i don't remember the show actively uh i had seen <sighs> I would always catch it at its tail end when they were going to close the broadcast because wasn't this essentially the 90s sports like version of what the newsroom was for HBO? Yeah, basically what it was. It was you know this yeah, is when I mean, Sports Center was maybe at its height, uh, maybe yeah. not at the heights, but it was certainly breaking out and it was kind of the behind the scenes of a, a, a news program and like behind the scenes. It, very much newsrooms a good comparison. It was like that before sports. Uh, Dana, you're still yeah. a minute twenty fat in the forties. We're getting there. Can I say birds come home to roost? Yeah, I saw that. Can I say it? It's chickens. Well, I think it's also pigeons. Do pigeons roost? I think they do. I think they perch. They roost. Look, it's fine with me. Hey, you know what? I think someone was flirting with me today. I'm sorry? Someone might have been flirting with me today. Sally? How did you know? Sally's always flirting with you. Oh, she's not. Yes, she is. It's okay. I wasn't flirting back. You're kind of feeble, aren't you? Well, have I? 
I really don't know. I don't want to look foolish. Not much chance of that. Do I flirt badly? You flirt fine. Seriously. You flirt fine. Dana. Flirt with me now. Flirt with you now? Yes. I will. Start. How you doing? <laughs> That's good, Casey. How many years of college? I've got more. I'm just saying hi. Lay it on me. What's your name? Casey, I'm saying flirt with me. I'm not playing somebody else. You're not helping. Start again. Flirt with me. I'm starting now. What's your name? My name's Dana, you unbelievable moron. You've known me for 15 years. Flirt with me. Tell me why you like me better than Sally. I do like you better than Sally. Tell me why. I don't understand. I don't think you're ever going to have sex again. I gotta go. You're smoky. I'm sorry? The difference between you and Sally, you're smoky. I'm smoky? You're smoky. You're a lot of other things, too, but you're smoky. I don't know what that means, but I like the sound of it. Tell me what it means. No, it's hard to translate. Try. Hey, you'll make a joke. We're flirting. It's okay. Are we really flirting, or are you just pretending to be you flirting with me actually being me? You think I'm smoky? Classy, impressive, sexy. Was sexy going too far? It was fine. You're smoky. <sighs> Thank you. Uh, Natalie, wait up. I'm sorry. I got to talk to Natalie. Uh, that's fine. We're on the errand very soon, and Natalie's there. Okay. So, I'll see you later. Yeah, just a little bit, in fact. Because we're going on the air. And you're okay with birds roosting? I'm okay with birds doing anything you tell them. I'm to. really surprised it is this high, honestly. Yeah, I gotta say, <laughs> I'm surprised I... we've seen multiple shows now, well, multiple meaning two, that were on for such a short amount of time and did not really have much as far as notoriety at the time or since, uh, for maybe forgotten type of shows and it's interesting to see that 10 people put this on their list it did get some acclaim when it was out it was nominated for best performance and then in uh, for a golden globe it did rank in tv guide actually talked about it getting canceled too soon it it ranks number 10 in the 2000 list made by tv guide for shows canceled too soon so there is i think it's a show that i got more love when it it became one of the shows that Comedy Central showed when it expanded and it was on all the time. That's when I started watching it. The first season is almost unwatchable though because it's it has a laugh track in, but it's not like a three three camera sitcom, so it still feels very artificial. But it's still a really good show. And if you're a fan of Aaron Sorkin's writing, I think you really see it here. And it's actually a question. I know with animated movies we saw it dominated by disney pixar those types of names and you see that a lot too with actors or directors you get dom dominate lists at times someone like aaron sorkin or other tv creators have do you think there's any chance there are other names like that that tend to dominate a list like this knowing that sometimes you know just being attached or having a certain name attached can get it get people to rank it higher maybe than they should I don't know if it would necessarily get it to be ranked higher, but I think names being attached at times have led to more of the series getting greenlit or more of the series being on for multiple seasons, that type of stuff. I mean, there's been uh, definitely some names along the way that I, I remember like back in the, what was it, early 2000s, if David E. Kelly's name was attached to something, it seemed like it, it got a lot of praise. So, I mean, I, I think names can have more of an effect of the shows either seeing the light of day 
or getting some critical acclaim at the time that they were out. I don't know how much it would affect somebody ranking it, though. I think it might have help people go back. I know we like you know you do it like a director's perspective when you go back and you watch all their movies. Sometimes you might see that with a TV show, knowing it has you know this is where you know Aaron Sorkin did things before this. He had you know a few Good Men and and things like that. But this was kind of the show that he did before West Wing. So it, I think it, if he didn't do that, it, it, it could have actually maybe even be a little higher on the list. And I don't know. I couldn't find this if it was available streaming any place. I don't know how well it holds up. But uh, any other thoughts? on sports night before we move on to the next on the list all righty well uh, this is going to be a drastic change as we go into what's next so let's uh let, let's see how it goes 88 one thing that's interesting about number 88 is the fact that it actually tied with sports night but it beat it out based upon number of list and average rank and i think it's probably i talked about sports night's a show not many people heard of i don't think you can find many people who have not heard of this show or at least watched it here and there even if it was just their kid and coming in at number 88 it is the andy griffith show any thoughts we're going we're going back to classic comedy, classic sitcom. Let's start with Steve. Let's start with you here. Any thoughts on seeing the Andy Griffith show showing up at number eighty eight? I know that it's it's a very iconic show. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It's definitely not from our time, but it's like the starting point for a lot of people that you'll end up following so on. I, I'm not real well versed in it, but I, I do know that it, it does deserve a place on on here because of just the the sheer syndication numbers. This show should have been in top fifty at least. I, I agree with Mike on this. I episode. mean, th- this is the Andy friggin' Griffith show, people. This is Barney Fife for crap's sake. What's wrong with you people? Was- um, <laughs> with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What are you doing here? <laughs> I, I mean, how can you not love Don Knotts as, as Barney Fife? I mean, essentially, Andy and Barney were the Batman and Robin of this show. I, they really were. They were the Adam West and Burt Ward to this show because it was so awesome. Then you have Ron Howard as little Opie Taylor. And the life because this is one of those shows that, like the Cosby show, like Family Matters, like some of the other comedies and, you know, family show type shows, this is a show that taught you lessons. Opie's go- growing up, he's he's learning the same, and even, even Barney, even Andy had to teach Barney a few lessons or two. But, I mean, having it this low is, again, we're going to be using this word a lot in this countdown, folks. This is a travesty having it at 88. Kevin, do you agree with that sentiment? 
Um, I don't know if I'd go so far to say travesty, because I think it's more of a sign of, like I said, maybe some older stuff not resonating as much with uh, today's audiences or today's, you know, when people are comparing it to the number of shows that have become available since then. My argument would be this. I, I would argue that it should be on the other side of the 50 mark. I had it ranked at number 37. This is my main argument for the Andy Griffith show, though, and it's not just, you know, classic syndrome or nostalgia or anything like that. A lot of shows, it takes a few seasons before they get, you know, before they gain steam and really start clicking. Or if they're instant successes, they often kind of peter out as you get towards their final two, three seasons or something like that. This was a show that was successful from episode one until the last episode. It was on for eight seasons, and in eight of those eight seasons, it was top ten rated show in the country, including one year where it was the number one rated show overall for the whole year. So to be in the top ten rated show every single season of its existence, to me, says something, and I just think it probably deserves to be a tiny bit higher. But I'm happy that it is on the, show, on the list. Ahead, I'll say this. It's the only show as a kid that I learned to whistle the theme song. <laughs> well, there you go. Amanda, I know the show was before your time. Luckily, it was before <laughs> all of our times. Any thoughts on Annie Griffith? I actually did catch quite a, a bit of this in the rerun form, obviously. And I think you guys have touched on all the main parts. I think it, it was really iconic. And it was definitely one of those lesson-driven TV shows that I think... It, it was reminiscent of, you know, like the Waltons and and things like that. And it had a feel good feeling, even if you didn't. Um, I guess it, it gave me the feels. I mean, it wasn't always a happy ending, I, I would say, either. I think there were some hard lessons taught. And uh, I think that uh, little Ron Howard was super cute, little Opie. And I think that, like you said, everybody knows that whistle theme song. So, I mean, I think it should have been definitely in the top 50. Yeah, I can. I, I agree. I think it, sh- it should be higher. I'm a little surprised. I think it too. It, it comes back to what we mentioned. It's just experience watching the show. Maybe people forgot about it, didn't see it. I, I do have a difficulty watching some old shows. I can usually watch old sitcoms, okay. And the Andy Griffith shows, I think, one of them. When I think classic TV, there are a few shows that come to my mind, and Andy Griffith is certainly one of them. It's just. It has that, you know, home style feeling to it. It feels good. You know, Aunt B, who doesn't love Aunt B? Right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with number 87, we're going into a a territory that uh, few have gone before, maybe. I don't know. I think I got that quote wrong. We'll see as we get into next on the countdown. 87. All righty. At number 87, we have Star Trek. Deep Space Nine. The first... <laughs> Everybody waits. Wow. Because there's, there's five of them, I mean. I know. I know. You got, you, got, you got to give that space just for people to guess which one it could be. Yes, Star Trek's Deep Space Nine had 438 points. It was only on six lists. So it was not on many lists, but it was ranked really high as the highest number 10 on one list. And I guess we should probably start with the guy who has a Star Trek podcast. Steve, thoughts on Star Trek Deep Space Nine? Is this a Star Trek deserving a top 100? Yes, actually. This is one of those Star Trek shows that actually took me a long time to appreciate. Because growing up, I had no appreciation for the show whatsoever. It wasn't until I started the Star Trek podcast and Dodd challenged me to return to it uh, as an adult. And it covers a lot of different themes in it that 
aren't necessarily covered on any of the other tracks. You get kind of the, the random hokey stuff in the original track, but in this one you get less of the diplomatic and more of the, the war territory and, and how the, these people have to survive during wartime. And it's it's almost constantly going on during this entire thing because it's constantly struggles and and border battles. And then it's just an all-out war by the end of it. But the way they handle these characters and the evolution that they, they kind of portray throughout the series, I almost feel is more than what we get in some of the other Trek series as far as character development. I mean, it happens in some of the other ones, but I, I think that it happens a little bit more here because there's a lot of the changing of everything. I, I know think... you're another Star Trek fan. Does this rank high for you in, in, the, in the many Star Trek series? It was towards the end of my first kind of wave, I guess, of interest in Star Trek. I was diehard Star Trek fan before it and definitely watched the first probably two to three seasons, the first half of the show. And then for some reason or another, I kind of lost interest or got distracted by other things. I don't know. I was in high school at that time. So whatever reason, I stopped watching it. But I, I think it was a good show. I think there were some interesting characters involved. I would, pro- I haven't seen enough of a couple of the other series to tell you where I would rank it. But my personal top 100, there was only so many spots i could put star trek in so it did not get ranked on my list but it's interesting to see it make it i makes me wonder how many star trek shows will make the entire list Uh, amanda let me throw that question to you any thoughts on how many star trek shows we're going to see on this list I'm i'm not really sure with this one being i think maybe one of the the least known for me uh i think it's uh, reasonable to see it come in at this rank. Maybe there's going to be a couple more higher up, I think, without a doubt. Um, but if it's not Kirk or Picard, I'm not really sure what's going on with it. Mike, any thoughts on Star Trek Deep Space Nine? I remember catching episodes of this show here and there when it was airing. Um, I remember Captain Sisko and all that stuff. And I don't know, I just it's just one of those shows that I saw when it was on, but I never really paid attention to it because I was still more into the reruns of Next Generation. But it's actually a show that I'm actually going to be watching all seven seasons of here soon because I have to uh, write a review for the La La Land Records uh, uh, limited edition score. So I'm actually going to be going back and visiting, revisiting this show for the first time in a long time. That's going to take a while. I will Seven seasons on Netflix, (laughs) yep. I, I yeah I did that on Netflix when I got it. I will say that one of the significance of this show too is it's the first sequel from the Next Generation and it takes place in the same universe and same timeline as the right. Next Generation. This show grows its legs out of Best of Both Worlds on TNG. So it does have some award acclaim. It did win four primetime Emmys, both for hairstyle and makeup, but still, you know, those are important. You gotta gotta look good. You gotta look good. Gotta make your Klingons and Romulans look legit. I know, I know. Alrighty. Alright, any other thoughts on Star Trek before we go on to our next on the countdown? I, I hope we only... I, I'm not... I'm a huge Star Trek fan, but I would be... I don't know. Are we gonna see two more? Because if we see more than two more, I'm gonna be shocked. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Alright, let's go on to our next on, on our list. 86. 
All right. Well, for our next on the list, I'm actually going to start with a request. And that request is just to give the facts, because in number 86, we have the TV cop drama Dragnet. It was on nine lists, received 443 points, as highest ranked as number 12 on one person's list. Mike, we ended with you last time. Let's start with you here. Thoughts on Dragnet coming in at number 86. The most memorable thing about this show was Joe Friday's narration <laughs> and how they set the show up. I just absolutely love that. I just thought that was so cool where it's – I think that's where cops kind of got their uh, – and I don't mean the TV show. I mean the animated show kind of got their narration from was Dragnet. <laughs> Honestly, Dragnet, it's something I haven't seen in a long time. You know, you have certain aspects of, of TV shows that you remember more than others and the opening narration and, and how he narrated the story throughout each episode is the one thing I remember most about Dragnet. Amanda, question for you. This is a first cop drama, first cop show we're seeing. Cop shows are usually pretty well well known within TV. They kind of go hand in hand. Surprised it took this long to get to one? A little bit. I think there's so much crime cop drama especially out there um especially over the years that you know, i am i'm a tad surprised but i think with what we've seen thus far a couple of those that are a little out of the blue maybe could have been replaced by some of these cop dramas yeah i, I, could, I could see that kevin any thoughts on dragnet yeah, I mean, Dragnet's classic. It's hard to to hate on Dragnet too much. It was also something that was definitely popular when it was on. It aired for eight seasons, and four of those seasons, it was a top ten rated show. So, I mean, it was it was something that was successful at the time. Uh, definitely, people were watching watching it, talking about it, etc. In my head, for some reason, I always confuse Dragnet and Get Smart. I know they're not the same show, but <laughs> really, that's by that much. <laughs> for some reason, in my head, they're like combined as the same show. But I I, I like Dragnet. I think that's a I think it's good to have some more classic stuff show up. So I have no problem with it. Steve, any thoughts on Dragnet? Most of what I know from it is the parody of it, which was the film, which was supposed to actually take place after decades after the original. So, yeah, I mean, Dragnet is certainly iconic. What's kind of interesting doing research is you hear, you know, just the facts, ma'am, is um, one of those famous misquotes is, is not actually what what Joe Friday says. It says all we want are the facts, ma'am, not just the facts. So it's like, Luke, I am your father. It's you know one of those things that kind of get, gets misinterpreted and, and missaid all the time. And it does. It was a huge show for its time. And like Kevin mentioned, it did win five primetime Emmys for which is this is an award I wish they would bring back. Best Mystery and Intrigue Series. I mean, come on now. If you're winning <laughs> Best Intrigue Series, that's that's impressive. We need to bring that award back. There uh, needs to be a movie Oscar for that, too. Yeah, and yeah, and speaking of movies, we there were three film versions of Dragnet. There were some revival series as well that that came back to show that that would not die. It was a formula they tried repeating it, but it really was done best the first time. I actually could see an argument for for it going higher. Its impact within the the cop genre per se, and I think it's it's right. better better than most of those shows around the same time. So, but I'm glad, like we said, we're we're seeing some old shows being represented already. So, all right, any other thoughts on Dragnet before we move on? Yeah, thankfully the the quote <laughs> it, it might have been you know changed or misquoted or whatever else, but there's at least one classic show that you can never misquote. Excuse me, sir. Just one more thing. <laughs> and let's go to one more thing as we go into the next in the countdown. Eighty-five. 
at number 85, we are going back to the world of comedy and another comedy classic in a show. I'm actually uh, I'm happy it's on the list. A little sad it's not higher, but I'll live with it. At number 85, we have The Bob Newhart Show with 449 points on eight lists. was actually on fewer lists than Dragnet, but it was ranked higher because it had an average rank of 44.9 where Dragnet had it 51, meaning that people who did rank it tend to rank it higher. The Bob Newhart Show. Kevin, we're talking about classic comedies and where they're ranking. Do you think this is another sign of a show that should be higher or are you happy where it's falling? I think it's it's good where I don't know if maybe some of it I mean there was other shows that he was in and I don't know if maybe there was that's... a new heart that's the thing that's the the problem there's a new heart show there's a Bob new heart show sometimes it's we got votes for all of them uh, I'm not I can't say if any of them else ranked on the list but that is right. that is a common confusion because when you put your name in the title for every show you're in Right. So my my question is, did that hurt this show overall? Did maybe some people only vote for one of them or, you know, if they had been a combined entry, I guess, would they have gotten more votes? So I I don't know. I I could see it being a little bit higher just because of the presence Newhart had in television, especially, you know, throughout the 70s and 80s. So I, I could see that argument. I personally am fine with where it's at, but I, I, I'm like you. I could see it being a little bit higher just for the his presence. Steve, any thoughts on the Bob Newhart show? No, not really. I mean, I've heard of it, but most of my uh, exposure to the guy has been in film or in the Big Bang Theory. So, I, I remember <laughs> the Newhart show. I don't remember the like the Newhart show was was the one that I always watched. Yeah, that is. I could see what you're saying, Mike, with the Bob Newhart show and the Newhart show. I, it's really splitting hairs for me. I think I've always enjoyed the Bob Newhart show a little bit more. But either have Bob Newhart, who I think is like the nicest dude ever created, and uh, I really personally love his style of comedy. Very subtle. It I, I don't know. He would say things and say hilarious things without ever like making it obvious. How was your day? Okay. How was your day? Oh, it was really exciting. I took your slacks to the cleaners. They can get the turkey gravy out and the cranberry sauce, but not the wine. So I told them to dye your slacks sparkling burgundy. <laughs> So that'll go with my meat-colored shirt. Yeah. <laughs> how was the uh, how was the rest of your day? Oh, it was great. I gave my first IQ test today. Oh, how'd they uh, how'd they come out? I don't know. I haven't graded them yet. How did the uh, the one come out you gave last night? You know, to uh, to me. Oh, fine. <laughs> how uh, how fine? Why are you so interested? I thought you didn't believe in IQ tests. Well, Emily, if I can give up three hours of my life to take an IQ test, you can give up three seconds of your life to answer it for me. What was the score? I don't think people should know their IQs. <laughs> well, you know your IQ. Well, that's different. I have to know mine. Well, I have to know mine. What, what, what was it? 129. 129? That's, that's good, isn't it? Oh, that's very good, Bob. That's almost gifted. <laughs> Almost gifted. What's uh, what's yours? Oh, it's not important. <laughs> oh, I know it's not important, but w- what is it? <laughs> uh, I'm embarrassed. Well, honey, don't don't be embarrassed. I had four more years of college than you had on your Bob, it's 151. <laughs> 
good too. His comedy still works today when you don't see that with many classic comedies. I think it is, you can watch the show unlike a lot of sitcoms and still laugh at most of the jokes the same way they were meant to be laughed at at the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a good spot, 85. I, I think, you know, you possibly higher, I don't know. But again, like, like Kevin mentioned, it could be in with Mike as well combination of having similar shows get an impact you know where where a show lands so i don't think we're going to have that problem though with next on the list because i'm pretty sure everyone on the panel has at least watched it once 84 at number 84 we are having one of the biggest shows of the 1990s as we are going to no other than tool time itself home improvement coming in at number 84 with 450 votes it was on nine list as highest ranked as number two uh, amanda this may i'm hoping this is one show that was not before your time any thoughts oh no, on I, home improvement yes. <laughs> i wish that i could make the tim the tool man growl noise right now whatever it is something uh-huh. like that yeah I, uh, mm-hmm. I I watched a lot of this when I was younger. I think that I had a huge crush on JTT back in the day, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You and me both. Um, <laughs> that wow. Ends. Okay. <laughs> I, I liked seeing the, the kids grow up. I loved the relationship the mom and the dad had. I even loved that he he had this, this completely separate life aspect i think he had his tv show but then he also came home and kind of shed that popularity and that fame and was just a real dad you know with a hobby car in the garage and you know his wife trying to get through school and and kids to manage and i I thought it was a a really fun show and wilson was that the neighbor's name i thought i think he was probably my favorite character mike any thoughts on hope improvement Home Improvement was amazing at the time. You know, as Amanda was saying, you have so many different aspects of the show. You have him on his TV show. You have him with his family. And then the third aspect is you have his friendship with Al Borland, played by Richard Richard Karn. And that's just one of the craziest TV friendships I think I've ever seen (laughs) between the two of them. It's such a love-hate thing it's so awesome and i'm going to reference the current show tim is on it's so awesome when they had the characters from home improvement come back to be on last man standing the episode where uh patricia came back and they made all the jokes about home improvement that was just awesome but home improvement itself you know as amanda said watching the kids grow up watching tim eventually evolve into this really cool tv dad of the 90s it was Damn good show. Yeah, and uh, Kev, I know when you talked about Andy Griffith's show, you talked about a show that started off strong and ended strong, and we see that too with Hope Improvement. It started ratings-wise, it debuted in the top ten and stayed in the top ten for all eight of its seasons. So similar to that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That show, do you feel that home improvement should be higher on this list? I'm going to be the one person that probably gets some hate on this one. I think that is the one argument for it is how 
popular it was when it was out, how high it was rated from the very get-go, and what kind of pivotal role it played in the ABC lineup at that time. I think it was ABC with with their, uh, what was was that the TGIF? Or yep, it, was, it wasn't on TGIF, but it was on ABC. Right. Well, you know, it was it was around a time where they were making a push with a bunch of shows that were that were somewhat similar. So I mean, I think it was popular. I think it had impact and things like that. For me personally, though, and maybe it's a factor that I was a little older at that time, but I just feel with Home Improvement and I could name a couple other sitcoms in the '90s. To me, they just didn't do anything that I hadn't seen before. They didn't do, there was nothing groundbreaking in those shows compared to some of the same sitcoms I had seen previous in previous years or previous decades. So for me, I actually left it off of my list completely. Um, it just didn't have enough going for it to, to bump some of these other shows off my list. I think it's warranted because of the ratings, because of how popular it was and because of how much love there is for it. I'm glad that it's not any higher though. I'm surprised it's not higher. I'm surprised it's not higher, but I'm glad it's not higher. But I can definitely see why people would make an argument that it should be somewhere in the top 100. But I know I, I'm going to be in the minority there. I ranked my, ranked it in the top 40, but like I, I find it more entertaining than a lot of the other shows that have come since. Like Everybody Loves Raymond or that that kind of show. Like I, I, I will give you that there is nothing unique about it. It is nice. It, it, the the dynamics that's good in it. Uh, the actors are good in it. The writing is good in it. So I can see why it's in the top 100. I can, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that it made the list, at least. For me, this this show is more important to me than a lot of the other ones that are in this same vein that have come out around it or after it. So that that's why I ranked it where I did. Right, and I think that's valid. I think for certain people, certain shows are going to hit more of a, a soft spot for or they're going to resonate more depending on, you know, that type of thing. So I think that's supernatural. I think that's a legit <laughs> argument. And you cannot can compare argue. supernatural to home improvement. Oh, I well, can do whatever I want. It's, it's different, <laughs> but I do agree. Supernatural should be a lot higher. So I, I, don't, I don't think you can argue against someone when they say, you know, it, it would. If you're looking at, like, let's say, all the sitcoms of that vein, whichever one strikes more of a chord with you, that's the one that you should rank. So I don't have a problem with that. I was just, for me personally, it's not the one that resonated as much for me. Yeah, and I I could see that. I think it's it's hard for me when you when you mention groundbreaking or not doing something other shows done before. I, it's hard for me to say because when I saw it, it was like one of the first shows of that nature I got into. So it it is you know a show I I grew up really liking, and I still there are not many shows of that time period I can watch and still laugh at. Uh, Home Improvement's one of them. Like I watched something like uh, Full House, for example. I loved that show as a kid. Watching it now, I cringe a lot. Yep. Uh, yep. but, but a show in Hope Improvement, I think it's so funny. I think Tim Allen, he did incorporate a lot of his stand up into that show, which is the common thing to do. You see that with a lot of stand ups. It was a thing at the time. Same thing Cosby did. So it, it did follow that formula, but I don't know. I think there was something just, I think maybe who was speaking to the fact that it was a show within a show, not that that hadn't been done before, but I think it, it all kind of just comes around to just maybe the chemistry of the, of the cast and I, I don't know. I think a lot had to do with Tim Allen himself and the 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 naivety of the character that he played. Yeah, it, it like it had that slapstick comedy. I think that you know he would expect for a family show. So, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, actually, this is about right where I had it on my list. So I think it's a good spot for it. And I, like you guys, I'm a little surprised it's not higher. But again, it's continuing the one common that we're seeing with that list, and that surprises. So let's see what's next on the list as we get into the next show on our countdown. Eighty three. 
Well, so far we saw shows on network TV. We saw shows on cable TV. Well, we're seeing our first show with number 83, our first show that is actually on a streaming service as we are breaking ground here with Orange is the New Black at number 83. It was on eight lists. We received 454 points, four more points than Home Improvement, as highest ranked as number nine. So it was on top, one person's top 10 list. It's a show that I know it's getting a lot of claim. It's surprisingly enough. It's actually, but when people not realize, the most watched show on Netflix. So it is breaking ground in that end. So it's kind of cool seeing one show on a streaming service showing up already. Amanda, let's start with you here. Any thoughts on Orange is the New Black showing up at number 83? I actually only ranked this in my top 100 because I know how popular it is. I've only seen maybe five minutes of an episode and it was some weird lesbian prison sex and I was like yeah I'm not really sure about the show yet so <laughs> I think that I need to warm up to it a little bit more because um, <laughs> who's that chick from that 70s show? Donna? It was her and some other chick and they were like hardcore getting it on in jail and I was like yeah I think this is pretty much all the show is but I know that it's so popular that there's got to be something behind it. Uh, Kevin any thoughts on Orange is the New Black? I'm still trying to picture amanda's face when she watched those five minutes and didn't know what she was getting into <laughs> i was a little confused and then when i realized what was happening i was like well i think i kind of knew this is what was gonna happen i, I can see the draw to the I, well, that's dumb to say right after she said that i can see <laughs> <laughs> i can see the draw i i, I watch it for the article <laughs> right <laughs> they have good wings. you watch it for the article <laughs> but uh, at this yeah, point I that's mean, all you can do <laughs> No, I understand that notwithstanding. I can understand how people got into it for other reasons. I think it was something that was unique. It was something that was kind of maybe for a lot of other people that were seeing a lot of those types of shows as far as what I'm talking about with like gritty crime, prison type stuff. They were seeing a lot of that that was basically dominated by male casts. And so I can see where maybe this one comes along and offers something different that people gravitate to. I've only seen a part of a few episodes uh, when other people were watching it, and I did kind of get sucked into whatever the story was, but because I didn't continue watching, I can't really tell you much about characters or plot lines or anything like that. But I think it definitely does have the ability to kind of uh, capture you once you've been watching an episode or two and kind of keep you for the long haul. I think it, it, it goes for that being the all-female cast I think that they do play super heavy on that girl on girl thing because they think that's what people really want to see. And I think that that should be a small part of it. I think that if I watch more of this, I'll be interested to see what the story does to see if they don't just go for that sex sells kind of viewpoint. So we'll see. Orange is the Black for me was a show that I didn't have much interest in, but my, my wife started watching it and I kind of, yeah, I like caught it secondhand. I wasn't really paying attention, but I, I did get sucked into it. And I would say that, yeah, there is, you know, that sex aspect of it, but it's really a small piece of it. And it really hits that dramedy, not to bring up that word because it's an awful word, but it really <laughs> hits that, that sweet spot really well because there are some comic moments, but it gets some into some dark moments too. And it was interesting that it's one of the few shows that was been nominated for both best comedy and best drama. Um, and it has been nominated for 12 Emmy Awards. It's one of few for performances, Golden Globes as well. So it, it does come in with award acclaim and it's saying a lot. It really kind of, uh, you know, House of Cards really, I think, got the attention showing, like, because it had big names attached. But I think Orange is the New Black, to me, was maybe arguably the better show. Being an all-female cast is 
is, I think, a additional benefit to it because it does get into a lot and it gets into all the characters. There are a lot of characters that are specific. A lot of show episodes are specifically directed to specific characters, and you kind of get their background, and, and you end up with such a rich show because you get so many well-developed relationships and you're really understanding where the people come from. And it's a variety of different types of people and types of people you don't necessarily see on TV. They're not the glamorous types. It's and it's not overly gritty like something like Oz. It's not like the woman version of Oz, but it's able to like really catch that balance. So I think it's deserving of 83. I could maybe even argue that it should be higher. I do think that maybe that the fact that it's on Netflix could impact people because if you don't have that Netflix, you can't watch it. So it could have. But I also think only... being on Netflix, they can they can do a little bit more as far as yeah. what they could put on these other primetime shows. I think that that's they push the envelope because they can and that's what people want i think this too is going to be one of an uh, examples of shows that you know maybe we talk about when we get to the wrap-up but this is a prime candidate for something that if you do this list five years from now ten years from now could definitely jump in the rankings yeah, and and it, like you, and I think well, being on Netflix too, it, not only can you just do whatever you want, you also don't need to go to small things like time format. You could be like forty-seven minutes or something like that. <laughs> it, like you can you can make your show last as long as it should. So uh, there's been a, a lot of that. But uh, Steve, I I don't think you, you was ranked on your list or you saw the show, but I, I did have a question for you. Do you think you will see any more shows like this, Orange and Black? Any of those those shows that? are on the streaming services, which is relatively new, only in the last few years. Any chance we'll see more show up in the top 100? Definitely say so, because I think a lot of the stronger shows that we're getting now at this point are coming out on these streaming services, only in that they don't have... And I'm not saying that there aren't strong shows on the other networks, but I think that because the other ones are controlled by networks, they're hindered in that that fashion, and much like you guys said, they can make them however long they need to be, or or kind of uh, get around those obstacles because of being on a streaming service compared to being on cable, where just anybody can get on it. Because I mean, Netflix can be different by profiles based on age, so you can lock kids out of that, so it can be as graphic as it needs to be, compared to being on cable, where any kid can just flip the channel and watch it so that's why they can't really do any of the stuff that they're getting away with away with here but that being said like my wife watches the show like i have caught it here or there just being in the same room it's not a show i get into personally but it's i, I can see why the acclaims there i think the other thing with the netflix shows is yes we're gonna wait on the production of the show but once it releases they release a whole season at one well, point it's, it's not just no i know but it's i'm starting to change though right but i'm saying like you know you take something like the flash or arrow or any other show that's on broadcast network television and you still have to wait a week for the next episode whereas with orange is the new black and any other show house of cards that's on netflix they put the whole season out at once so you can just sit there and binge watch if you're interested in whatever show that they put out I do that with Hemlock Grove. As soon as I put that out, I'm like, yeah, I'm watching this. And then I'm like, I have no idea what was going on. Now I have to wait for <laughs> this to happen again. Like, uh, yeah, but I, I'm glad that they do that because I hate when books end on the cliffhanger. I hate when movies that are going to have a, a sequel end on a cliffhanger. I just, I want to know. I want to know now. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. So. <laughs> I think well, let's, that let's, somewhere let's, in orange is the new black. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally, occasionally. 
Um, some people have watched maybe certain scenes, you know, have, <laughs> have them bookmarked. Alrighty, well, let's get out of this conversation as quickly as possible as we get into the next of the countdown. 82. Well, for this next show on this list, maybe we should just ad lib because it would be fitting for as number num- number 82 coming in uh, with seven on seven lists with 454 points is whose line is it anyway it was highest ranked as number nine so it did reach the top 10 for for one person it was on the fewest lists we've seen so far only seven but for the people that did rank it did rank it relatively high let's start with mike here was this Any a thought- show that was defined when we came up with the rules, because there's two versions of this. There's the U.S. version and the U.K. version. It's and both this... got votes. So yep. both the whose line is it anyway? It was separated. So both the U.S. version and the U.K. version did get votes. So and uh, they were separated. So, so this was which one is this? <laughs> this is the U.S. version. Okay, received. the good one. Whoa! No offense to U.K. listeners. <laughs> yeah, the U.K. think that like talk about books and stuff. That's I'm fun. very well versed in both of the Who's Line universes, so... <laughs> I loved it when it was Drew Carey in the U.S. version. That was well, so hilarious. I, I will say, there technically, there's been three eras of this show. The two American, which are technically a continuation of each other, and then there's the, the British version. And without getting into the British version, the American version, yes, it started with Drew Carey, but it was very PC and very... There were only so many limited things that they could do because of it being on an ABC channel. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of things that they couldn't actually talk about or actually say or actually do. Whereas now that it's on the CW and it's it's got the new host and it's got the new format and not as strict of the guidelines, they can go anywhere they want to. They just bleep out whatever it shouldn't on air. So, but it's, it's still going. I mean, on 12 seasons total, if you combine with the, uh, the 2000, well, the 98 to 2004, and then when they revived it in 2000. I want to say 11. Yeah. With the Drew Carey version, it they may have been restricted, but they still got away with a lot of jokes. Not really. If you go back to watch the... Because uh, I have a lot of the DVDs with a lot of the outtakes, and there's a lot of stuff that did pass. Yes, there were certain things that got passed, but it, it depended. I would almost argue that the, the, the newer version is better than that, but it's also at the same time because it's got all the special guests instead of actually having more of the skits. Uh, so it's kind of a double-edged sword. I, I love the show, but it's it's. I, I almost want to argue that the UK one's better. My only problem with the current incarnation of the US one is the guests. Because they have the way they structure it is a guest will come out and they'll do a skit. Then they'll act like, oh, hey, you're leaving. See you, bye. And it's like, if you're going to have a guest in the entire show to work with most of the skits, have them on the whole show. Don't just have them show up for 10 seconds. Alrighty, I can't say to that because I've not watched the updated version, but I mean, thoughts on whose line is it anyway showing up on here at number 82? Do you think it gets hurt by the fact there are so many versions of it? I don't think it draws away because you you either like the show, I think, or, or you don't. And I mean, two words stick out, Wayne Brady. That's pretty much all I get out of that. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite show. I've seen quite a bit of it but nothing that really stuck out that i remembered um i had fun with it but i think i got bored with it after a while so i don't think it i even got into the the newer the versions or even the uk i think it's a good spot where it's at kevin any thoughts i mean i loved wayne brady and 
uh, I'm going to forget the other two guys. Brian Styles and Colin Mockery. Yeah, I loved all of those guys, but I have never been a fan of Drew Carey. So that kind of was a turnoff for me, but I, I remember enjoying the show and, get, you know, I, I did like it. I like certain segments better than other segments, but generally did laugh. And I do like that improv style. I think if we're talking sketch shows, I would put Carol Burnett and a higher ranking than whose line is it anyway. But again, it was on for a long time. There's been multiple versions. A lot of people like it. So I don't have a problem with it being on the countdown. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think I would definitely put Carol Burnett ahead of Whose Line, maybe do it a little bit of a flip-flop. Um, I do like Whose Line. It was a lot of fun. I didn't really watch the new version. I did watch a little of the UK version when it was like syndicated on Comedy Central, but I think my heart was with the ABC version. Uh, what's kind of interesting is someone did try to combine the versions and see who had the most points, who ranks at number one. Any ideas of who ranks at number one for the most points at Who Line isn't anyway? Wow. Steve? I'm going to say Colin Mockery. It doesn't matter because the points don't matter. No, oh, yeah. uh, Wayne Brady. <laughs> oh, you got uh, No, no number, n- number one was actually Wayne Brady. As he, his total points of over 50 billion, 72 million points. Uh, number two was uh, Ryan Stiles. He only had uh, 11, 11 billion. So, and then Colin Mockery with a measly 3 billion. So, yeah. Th- that is that is the, if you're that's doing a things... fantasy ranking for uh, whose line that those are your top three. That was actually my least favorite part of the show was the and I know it's just sketch comedy and whatnot, but maybe I'm just too cutthroat. I wanted the points to be more systematic. <laughs> <laughs> well, they actually did count in the British one. The okay. American one, they didn't matter. The the British one, they actually counted the points and like uh, Clive Anderson was the host of that one, and he would actually break it down and. Uh, tell who was actually winner of it and uh you, you, they'd have to basically sit out but <laughs> but that, that's, that's of, funny that's the winner gets to sit out that's the yeah, they're like you get to sit out everybody else has to be my uh improv monkeys out there and uh but no i i think that the one of the funny things about the whole thing is the whole staple of the show pretty much is colin mockery and ryan styles being that Ryan was on it for the almost its entirety since the the initial UK version, and then Colin joined in shortly thereafter, and they've been on it ever since. I remember when I first saw the ABC version of Who's Line, I was like, "Wait a second, what's Judge Reinhold doing on Skitska?" I swear, Ryan Styles and Judge Reinhold almost look exactly alike. Who the hell's Judge Reinhold? Beverly Hills. He, uh, he was Beverly the host of People's Court. No, he wasn't. <laughs> That's that's Doug Llewellyn. All right. Well, let's let's, uh, let's put a ribbon on the whose line is it anyway talk and move on to the next on the list. And let's let's just say we're gonna get maybe a little bit more modern. Eighty-one. Perhaps that hint was a little too on the nose. As in number eighty-one, we're going back and we're staying in the world of comedy with one of today's most recognized comedies, Modern Family. At number 81. It was on 10 lists, so it's actually on one of the higher amount of lists so far. 460 points. Highest rank, though. It did not get ranked very high by many people. It was 32, so it did not rank higher than that, uh, which I found a little surprising. Maybe, Kev, let's start with you here. Any thoughts on Modern Family coming in at number 81? I had it ranked at 77. So- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, a little close. Again, a little close. I mean, it's 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 further apart, but you know, it's, yeah. your, your streak's still alive. Um, but no, I think this is this is legitimately deserving for a lot of reasons. It, it's very popular, obviously. It does well at the ratings, but it does super well when it comes to awards. So, I mean, I think it's won actually for best comedy five times out of the seven seasons. So yeah, that's yeah. that's a bit obnoxious to the rest of the competitors that have been nominated. <laughs> that's like back in the day when I can't remember what show literally like won every year. And it was like, all right, guys, Frasier or Seinfeld or something like that. So, I mean, Modern Family definitely does well with the whoever's in charge of the Emmys. But I, I think it's deserving. That's why I put it on 77. It kind of falls in that same range for me as How I Met Your Mother and uh, Big Bang Theory and a few other ones that are these modern comedies that have kind of shifted away from just the standard sitcom and gotten a little bit more diverse with the, their styles and stuff like that. So um, I, I, th- I think it's deserving. Uh, Amanda, like Kevin mentioned, Modern Family is a show that gets a lot of accolades, gets a lot of awards. Do you think it actually hurts it as people you know, get, like Kevin mentioned, get annoyed just by how much love it gets? I think that the way it could hurt it is it's setting its own bar, it's setting its own standard, and can it live up to its own expectations and for the next season? I think it, it is a really great show. I'm not really sure um, about awards and things because I'm not that cool. but um, <laughs> Or that nerdy. <laughs> or that nerdy. Either way, same difference. But I think that people could get annoyed just like i get annoyed with taylor swift fucking winning everything and i hate her <laughs> and her face and her teeth and um she does have awful teeth let's be honest though <laughs> just her whole face i just want to rearrange it with my That's fist. Something that i didn't think we'd get taylor swift mentions on the record today we got a little taylor swift some t swift as i like to say when i'm on the radio because i don't like saying her whole fucking name because i hate her <laughs> so she, she's <laughs> Wow, strong but, feelings. But I think that this could be in that same vein where people, there's so much love surrounding them, and maybe I think there might be a faction that just doesn't get it, and they they might be those ones that are annoyed with it. See, I, I think I've heard you talk about Modern Family a few times. I believe you're not a fan, so are you? Uh, do you think it does not deserve to be in the top 100? I get why people like it. Like, I mean, I. I Something about the show just doesn't sit right with me when I try and watch it, so I I can't really fathom putting myself through more of it, if that makes any sense. Like, I, it's just not my style of comedy, so I don't really like it. If it doesn't have a laugh track, I find it immensely unentertaining to me. I wouldn't say boring, because I got lashed for that last time, but I just I don't find it entertaining in, in that regard but i i don't necessarily watch a show because it has the laugh track and and that doesn't cause me to laugh or anything i just i usually choose to watch the shows that have it because i don't like the dead air during the show because it sounds very off-putting with a show like modern family what you see with a mockumentary style there is almost it's a pseudo laugh track where it's not necessarily 
the laugh track, but it's the reaction of people around the conversations that are happening where you almost it's the looking at the camera. It's like the breaking the, the fourth wall where it's almost taking the replace of your your, your common laugh track. But if that's not something that, you know, you, you don't like that style, I, I can under, understand that. And that, um, that could be why I don't like it, because I've never thought about the fact that it's a mockumentary, which is, you know, it's basically documentary style of shooting and I don't like documentaries. So that's probably what I don't like it. <sighs> blasphemy, blasphemy. Uh, <laughs> now, Kevin, you mentioned like ranking it within how they met your mother and those type of big bang theory. And to me, this show is in all honesty, a step above those shows writing wise. It's, it's so much more clever to me than a show like how I met your mother. And unlike how you met your mother, I think it's a show you can, you could watch any bits and pieces of it, like come in season six or whatever, episode 18 and understand everything that's going on i think it gets kind of a, a bad rap for being a safe show per se it's it's a, you know it's a family show so it doesn't maybe it's not as risky as something like we talked about with the tolly sunny in philadelphia it doesn't go that route but i think it's it's a safe show that is able to be really clever and there's some jokes that are, are, are really smart and really it's really keen on the great setup it knows how to really set up jokes well almost as well as i'm not to put it in this camp something like seinfeld or something like that that it sets the stage and then when the punchline lit hits it, it, it really it works it does i think rely on some of the same jokes too much with some of the characters but uh phil dumpy to me is a fun character i do i do really enjoy it and it does again maybe rely on some of the tropes of, of that style of the mockumentary a little too much but i don't know i, I enjoy my one family could it be higher maybe but you know it's not like it's gonna go anyplace so yeah i, I think it's a good spot for it where it's at Alrighty, let's move on to next in the countdown. 80. Coming in, I, I, this to me, again, another surprise coming in at number 80. Not necessarily it's bad, but when you think geek cast radio, you think nerd, you think uh, geek type of shows. This is not necessarily a show you think would be have universal love, but apparently it does because it's coming in at number 80. And that is The Golden Girls coming in with 461 points. It beat Modern Family by a point. Eight lists as highest ranked as number nine, so it didn't meet the top ten. So that's kind of where it beat out Modern Family, getting ranked a little higher. Mike, starting with you here, do you think the Golden Girls is getting ranked so high simply based upon the looks of its cast? No. <laughs> do you have Blanche's poster in your room still? No, but seriously, though, any thoughts on the Golden Girls? <laughs> This show, it's it's essentially a show about friendship. It's a show that broke ground, really, for women in television. Because there were issues in that show that had never been on TV before. Menopause. You'd know. <laughs> wow. My hot, my hot flashes haven't kicked in. We've already established that I'm the young one here, so don't try to hate. I'm still viable. Jesus. <laughs> this is going down a road I did not expect. All right. Do you think, uh, Mike, that Golden Girls is, is number 80 good spot for? Should it be higher? What are your thoughts? It could be a bit higher, but 80 is fine for what we're doing here. Amanda, I know this is maybe a show before your time as well, but any thoughts on Golden Girls? I love Golden Girls. I've seen so many reruns. Obviously not when they first aired, but there's been a ton of lessons to be learned from these ladies. I think that that opening song, I don't care what you're doing, when you hear this song, you get that feel good feeling and you want to go 
sit in your kitchen and have some pie and talk about St. Olaf or wherever you're from. So I think that I'm a little shocked that this is this low. Uh, I think it's one of those big iconic shows that everybody at least will know and maybe not love. But um, I think that there's a lot to um, to take away from the show, and I think it should definitely be higher. Uh, Steve, are you a fan of Golden Girls? Do you think are you surprised to see it here on this list? I'm not surprised to see it. I mean, I understand, you know, somebody may have voted for it. I just, it's surprising being a, a, a predominantly geeky list to have it actually show up this in general. But, but I, I, I don't disregard that, you know, why it's here. I, I personally did not vote for it, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's kind of funny. Kevin, thoughts on Golden Girls? I, I'm still trying to figure out what's happening. When you said that, <laughs> I was actually somewhat in shock. I, I couldn't hear it because I gasped. But uh, I he swooned. I no, I I don't get it. I had this at number fifteen. It was on seven seasons. It was nominated for best comedy seven times, all seven years for Golden Globes, six of the years for an Emmy. It was in the top ten rated shows six out of its seven seasons. It has a lot of people, as funny as it is, I think way more people enjoy this show than you would realize in all circles, geek circles, different age groups, different whatever. I think for some reason this resonates a lot and a lot of people have caught this on rerun and just the cast involved and the whole dynamic. This is a comedy that was... It was unique. It was different than a lot of the other types of sitcoms out there. I mean, how many other sitcoms were about uh, a group of five aging uh, women or there's not even one about five aging men? Like, it's I don't know. It's this one deserves to be higher. I, I don't understand. You could probably blame me because I, I didn't rank it. Maybe that was more of a, a brain fart on my part. But it's just it's a show that I you know, it's one I didn't really watch a great deal, but thinking about it, looking at it, it does make a lot of sense considering at the end of the day, no matter the age of the characters, gender of the characters, when you have a funny show, it can resonate with a lot of people. And I think that's bottom line, what Golden Girls was, it, you know, obviously had more than just laughs. It had, as Amanda mentioned, dealt with a lot of, and Mike mentioned, dealt with a lot of strong issues. But at the end of the day, I think just having really funny, dynamic characters that are, that are all diverse and have their own personality and talk you about the cast as far as how, you know, I mean, all of the, almost all of these people did more than Golden Girls before or after. Like, th there's some very experienced actresses involved in the Golden Girls. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm still trying to come to terms. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's it's a little shocking, a little shocking. We'll, we'll get through it, though. We'll get through it yeah, together. together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Golden Girls growing down at number 80. And coming up next, we're about to break new ground in, in multiple ways. So let's see what's in store next. 79. Yes, we're breaking ground for a few reasons. First off, usually this is when the show ends and we're in our next episode. But as we're going to number 76 today, we keep on going. But we also break new ground because we're getting our first show on a premium network as we're getting at number 79, Homeland. 
Yes, it received 462 points on seven lists, highest ranked at, at number 12 by two separate people. Uh, Kevin, you, you, you shocked that we this is the first time we're getting to a show that is not on one of those, you know, cable networks or general ABC, NBC networks. I'm either shocked or <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked if it turns out one direction and I'm not shocked if it turns out another one because it surprises me that it has taken this long to get there. So I would be shocked if that means that there's not going to be as many of these or maybe it just means that the ones that are on there are going to be ranked much higher this definitely has a whole lot of critical acclaim and uh, has been very much put you know if people were ranking especially if we were doing like modern shows like rank the best shows from the year 2000 on this would probably be you know very high on that list so i am a little bit surprised that it's taken this long but maybe that means that a lot of them are ranked pretty high and it's kind of interesting when you look at how close the last few shows are. Modern Family was number 81 with 460 points. Homeland at 79, 462 points. So we've only gone up. We've gone up three spots, and each spot has only been one more point. So That means all it took was one person ranking it at 100 to boosted over those other ones <laughs> exactly exactly well luckily for, for this no one ranked it that extremely high so I've, oh, I've heard a lot of people compare current shows to what homeland used to do or what it did originally like i know a lot of people that do podcasts for like reviews of the blacklist or uh some shows like that and they compare it to homeland a lot i just don't get the appeal I do, honestly. The first season to me, I, I've seen, I haven't seen the most recent season, but I've seen every other season before that. Speaking as someone who has watched the show, the first season ranks to me as one of the best seasons I've ever seen. It, it, it you know, Claire Danes, it's, her character can kind of get on your nerves a little bit, her character being like bipolar at times. And it's just, she can maybe play it a little too uh, on the nose, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, it is that thriller show. It had an interesting plot, really great mystery. What do you got there? Nothing. You mind if I take a look? When you brought the computers back up, you rebooted the monitoring system. I'm still station chief. I get notified whenever someone opens a safe. Well, I know this isn't for you. Or this. Where is he? I don't know. Okay, where are you supposed to deliver this then? Nowhere. Max, what are you trying to do? You took advantage of her. You mean Farrah? She was a financial analyst. I know. She did spreadsheets. And you brought her here to this place. And I told you how sorry I am. What more do you want me to say? Don't say anything. Okay, what do you want me to do then? Bring her back. I wish I could, but I can't. Then get Hakani. I can't do that either. Since when? You never say that. You were in charge here, and you survived, and now you're saying there's nothing to do for her, but you are just not willing. I am willing, but I cannot lose anyone else. 
kind of lost its way in season three when it when it tried to maybe keep characters around longer than it should. But the the last season really kind of brought it back in the head when it it kind of jumped around a little bit in time. But when this show is really on, it, it it's again suspenseful. It's very timely, dealing with a lot of the stuff of today. Obviously, being homeland, being dealing with terrorists. I, I've never seen Blacklist. I think I don't know how it really compares from what I did see Blacklist. It's a little bit more. It's not super, super realistic. It's not like it's documentary like style is super gritty, but I would think it's more not nearly as out there as, as Blacklist. I think it's more, you know, boots in the ground trying to get some sort of reality compared to that that a blacklist. I do think it deserves to be on here. I, I could see maybe an argument for being higher, but knowing what's on the list, I think it's at a good spot. Um I'd argue it for being lower, but okay. Have you watched it? No. But the <laughs> point of it is the, how can, um, how can all right? Go ahead. I can. Go. <laughs> the point of that that I was saying earlier about people that watch the blacklist that relate it to home relate the blacklist to Homeland is more so the how the FBI works in both shows. That's where <laughs> the comparisons it's, are coming from. Okay, but it's dealing with the CIA. <laughs> they do two different things. But hey, I, I have not I have not really watched the blacklist a great deal. But I do think I do enjoy the, what I did see. But I, I really enjoy Homeland. So I, I think it does deserve being on here. So I'd be curious to hear what other people have to say. I just think it's really surprising it took this long to get a get to uh, you know a premium network. So we'll see what that has in store as we continue this list. Seventy eight. So we, we took a small break from the world of comedy, but we're going back again. At number 78 with 464 points, it was on nine lists. Uh, I show, I I guess there's more love for it than I realized, and that is Scrubs. Ugh. Yeah, Zach Braff himself coming in at number 78. Uh, Kev, maybe we'll start with you here. Shocked to see Scrubs, I, I guess, maybe for me, up so high? I don't know if I'm, I'm alone in that. This makes me wish that we were having another Briscoe County take a spot here. I actively hate this show i i am turned off by just about i've tried i've a lot been around a lot of people that watch this show and i i think i had a roommate that really liked this show at one point and uh, i tried and i was just honestly actively turned off by it i don't i didn't find it funny i found most of the i couldn't appreciate it for anything i couldn't appreciate it for the actors for the jokes for anything about it i i hate the show Turk talking to Sorry. a new staff member Give her a special treat and say hello. Hello. JD, I'm sure you know Kim Briggs. Uh, no, you big knucklehead, I don't. On behalf of everyone here at Sacred Heart, I'd like to say konnichiwa. I've been here five years, big guy. I know that. Kim, it's a game we play. What's your name? It's Dirk. What's that guy's name? I don't know. It's a patient. Looks like a Dave. Are you a Dave? Maybe he's a Dave. We don't know. Hey. Torture him about this. We'll do. Peace out. How come I never noticed her before? Oh, because she wears a wedding ring. Yeah, you don't notice women who wear wedding rings. Kim was here on your first day. That's enough. She was at Ben's funeral. Dude, she's been around. It was kung fu fighting. So you're saying because she wears a wedding ring, she's invisible to me? Yes. Please, T. I'm not that shallow. Oh, really? Will all women who are married in the area please remove your wedding rings? Thank you, Doctor Feinberg. Anastasia. Don't don't hold back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping it. I was hoping it did not make the list. 
What's that? How the hell did it get nine years? Well, that's the thing. It, it ended up. This is one of those shows that you know on it was on NBC. It leaves NBC, goes to ABC for a, for a few years, perhaps maybe staying on for for too long. Steve, is this is Scrubs a show you saw? Any thoughts on Scrubs? I've tried watching it. It's it 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 has that like campy and like really stupid comedy in it. So I just I couldn't do it. Anyone have any positive things to <laughs> the, say about Scrubs? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it, it depends on the episode, honestly. It depends on how the episodes are set up. Um, I've seen a few episodes. I eventually want to go back and rediscover the show. There's two actors in this show that I absolutely love. Uh, it's the chief of the overall hospital and, oh God, I forget what his name is. The, the other guy that's the second in command. Um, and I'm not looking at any lists or anything as far as who it is, but I really enjoy those actors. But yeah, this show, this is, I think this is stranger showing up on our countdown than golden girls. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the show per se. I'm not a big fan of Zach Braff and pretty much anything he does. Someone ranked this as the 10th best show of all time. It did happen. It did happen. I'm yeah. sorry. So up to number ten. Yeah, it was on nine list as highest ranked as number ten. So yeah, there you go. But to consider again, we're talking about how close this list is. I mentioned Modern Family for had 460 points. Scrubs has 464. So we're as we go up this list, we're when it comes to the point totals, we're not going up that far. So it's a uh, it's really nitty gritty here. Let's see if that continues as we get into the next in our countdown. 77. Well, it's been quite a long time since we talked about a cop show back in number 86 with Dragnet, and we're going to talk about another one. At number 77, we have NYPD Blue with 466 points. Again, only two more points than Scrubs. We're not getting huge difference in points here. Uh, on nine lists, as highest ranked as number 15, Kev, I know you hated Scrubs. Any better, better, better feelings towards NYPD Blue? NYPD Blue deserves a spot over Scrubs every single time you make this list at any point in the future, the past, whatever. Man, I'm still getting over the Scrubs thing. But, yeah, I mean, NYPD Blue was pretty well acclaimed, you know, nominated for a lot of awards. It was very much high rated. Two seasons in the top 10, five seasons in the top 20. Over half of its seasons were nominated as far as best uh, drama. So, I mean, I was not, I'm not someone that watched, excuse me, that was like a diehard watcher of NYPD Blue. So I'm not its biggest fan, but I still recognized how popular it was and how well received it was. So I have no problem with it uh, showing up somewhere on the list. Mike, I know you watched a little bit of NYPD Blue. Thoughts on it coming in here at 77? I... (laughs) Let's give a little bit of background. Leading up to our top 100 here, Dan had been putting, and I think you're still going to be putting up matchups, but on our Facebook page and Twitter and all that, he would put up matchups of show versus show and which was the better one. And before we recorded this episode, the the one you put up was The Shield, uh, FX is The Shield versus NYPD Blue. And one of my comments on the post was, yeah, NYPD Blue, the show that was like every week, okay, how can we show Dennis Franz's ass? Because that's really... <laughs> I'm sure that was their goal. I'm sure it was, too. I mean, let's face it, that show was all Andy Sipowitz, Dennis Franz's character. It was pretty much all his character and dealing around the stories that you know dealt with him. 
I haven't thought about NYPD Blue in at least 15 years. I know it was a damn good show at its time, at its peak, but I haven't actually seen an episode in such a long time. I do remember, though, when one of the, I forget which season it is, uh, you know, Zach Morris joined the cast. I'm like, oh, maybe that'll bring the ratings up for it. Getting all that Saved by the Bell love, yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we, well, we started with Saved by the Bell. It's, it's fitting that we, we, uh, we're getting near the end here with a Saved by the Bell connection. Uh, Amanda, any thoughts on NYPD Blue? Uh, I haven't seen any of this either, so I'm out. <laughs> I I caught sadly enough I actually in there with Mike I actually started watching NYPD Blue simply because I'm like oh that's Zach Moore so I remember when he was cool so I started <laughs> watching N- NYPD Blue and uh, you know it's weird seeing him in a, in a different light and went back and watched the show I like NYPD Blue some people maybe argue that it should be higher like Kevin mentioned with all the accolades it, you know has won multiple Emmys it was highly ranked it was highly uh, one of those shows that was both high ratings and well received by critics to me i like it it still fits in within like the cop procedurals i, I think it's better than most shows there i think it I, maybe better it's more middle of the road not middle of the road but it's i think there are cop shows that are i would put way way above nypd blue there was you know it, it gets a lot of claim for its grittiness i think the issue that that hurts nypd blue is what the shows that have come after right that it, that are it was gritty dope. for early 90s yeah. and it kind of represented the type of show that was out there with the commission and nypd blue and homicide life on the streets which at the time probably seemed a lot more gritty than it does now <laughs> yeah and i mean it did push the boundaries i mean it was a network tv show so it considering that but i think that is kind of what happens with when that's like a, a key point to your show when you have shows that can do it better uh th- than you so it, it, i think it deserves a good spot here i think it deserves top 177 is uh i think a, a decent spot for it uh steve any thoughts before we move on to the last of today as we get into number 76 and a procedural fan so that's not something i would have watched all right well we have one more show to go before we end today's episode uh-huh. We've had a lot of variety. We kind of got in a lot of directions, and I don't know. This is going to be – we talked about surprises. I think that's going to continue with our next entry. 76. All right. Well, we've had two sketch comedy shows already with Carol Burnett and Whose Line Is It Anyway? Maybe this show, maybe not – as well known but it certainly has a cult cult following a strong following as you'll see here coming in at number 76 it is it's those crazy canadians the kids in the hall uh with 476 points so this is the first time we took a jump in point totals nypd blue only had had 466 points which was only six more than number 81 uh, so we're taking a 10 point jump here only on eight lists, though. I think the it, so it was on fewer lists, but it got its highest ranked as number 16. In fact, the majority of people who voted for this voted for it within their top 25. Big reason why it's on the list here. Um, you know, it, it, it is, I think, a show that, again, a show that was I, I came to because of its syndication in, in Comedy Central. A show that has a very unique comedy setting. Uh, Kevin, I know with Scrubs, you talked about how you hated that comedy. Any thoughts on the kids in the hall? Um, I, I, I'm going to be somewhat ignorant on this one. I haven't seen enough to uh, enough to speak too much of it. I know that there is a cult following to it, and I know it definitely has a certain uh, fandom uh, for it in the same way that a few other sketch comedy shows might have as well. 
Um, I think it's one that kind of flies under the radar and could get lost in the shuffle, but obviously those people that voted on it voted on it high enough to, to make the list. So The first time I watched it, I think it was The Bird Lady or something like that, and I'm like, what in the world is this show? Show business is full <laughs> of actors, singers, dancers, and models. And then there's me. Actor, singer, dancer, model, Canadian. I can make the word Canadian sound sexy. People think that I'm from the States. And even worse, they think that I'm from New York because I'm so sexy. But New York isn't sexy, it's sleazy. Americans know as much about Canada as straight people do about gays. This was a group that was existed prior, but Lauren Michaels brought them to TV and help make them stars per se um and necessarily it did receive some emmy love for outstanding variety show it did receive a couple of nominations though maybe its best award perhaps the best award we've talked about today is the fact that its hosts their the members of its cast did get the worldwide acclaim of getting a star uh, on canada's walk of fame so <laughs> i let's be honest i don't i can't really get a higher accolade than that being on the canadian walk of fame there with uh wayne gretzky and i don't know Celine Dion uh, or somebody <laughs> pamela anderson probably she's right next to them uh but yeah the kids in the hall it's as i mentioned it's only on eight lists so i think it what happens with these types of sketch shows is that there is a certain set type of taste comedy wise and it, it, it gets difficult to you know if you're not within that but uh, I, I, I think, too, it got a huge second life on things like YouTube and those shows where people can watch its clips and things. Uh, Steve or Amanda, any thoughts on Kids in the Hall? Play hockey, and that's as close to anything Canadian as I get. <laughs> <laughs> question here. We had three sketch comedies. We had uh, Kevin, I'll throw this question to you because I think you – we had Kids in the Hall. We had Who, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And we had The Carol Burnett Show. How did we get that order? Do you think we got the order right? Should it be switched at all? Um, we got it in reverse. So, so you'd put uh, so who's that stays where it is, and the Carol Burnett gets where this is at. Yeah, that's what I would go with. I would I would put Carol Burnett as the best, and then out of these three, and then who's lying it. But I'm saying that completely ignorant on Kids in the Hall because I just haven't seen enough of it to judge it fairly. Is, do you think it is a sign of things to come, knowing that we're seeing some of these shows that really have strong cult followings doing pretty well? Um, I think maybe with the group that we have, we're going to have some more shows that have maybe smaller, under-the-radar cult followings that maybe got enough points to make the list. Maybe we're maybe we have a group that really likes sketch comedy, and maybe we're going to see a whole bunch of other sketch comedy shows um, added to the list. It's weird, though, because sketch comedy was way more of a prevalent and popular thing in the early TV days. And my thought is going to be that we're going to probably see a lot more modern sketch comedy shows, which it's going to be an interesting conversation if you were to take the genre of it's, you know, on its own once we're done with this list to see how it stacks up because every other show was a sketch comedy show back in the early, early TV days, so I have a feeling we're not going to see as many of those, but we might see a handful, you know, two, three more modern ones. 
All right. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's just get some final thoughts before we end today's episode. Hey guys, this is JD from the Incession Film Podcast. Every week on our show, you can join my co-host Brendan and I as we review the latest films that's out in theaters. It also inspires us to discuss a top three list of some sort, and we have a lot of other fun movie discussions as well. It's always a blast. And we also have a show on Fridays called our Extra Film Podcast. This is a show that gives us the space to talk about the latest indies and art films and other classics that we normally just don't get to talk about on our main show. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and more. In fact, you can just see everything about us, including our social medias at IncessionFilm.com. So join us every week. We'd absolutely love to have you. I'm Colin Baker. My name's Fraser Hines. Hi, I'm Daphne Ashbrook. This is Andrew Cartmell. Hi, this is Colin Spool. Hello, I'm Simon Fisher-Becker. This is Ian McNeese. Hi, this is Travis Ritchie. You listen to this fuck. Ooh, Listen to Mark Who 42's Universe. If you're into Doctor Who, listen to Mark Who 42's Universe. We always have the latest Doctor Who news, reviews, and interviews. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Cast Radio Network and our home base, Marku42.net. Marku42, the meaning of life. So we have 25 shows down so far. We, unlike last list, we did not see any domination in genre, any domination in years. We saw a huge variety of, of, of everything, really. Kevin, starting with you here, surprised on what we saw so far? Anything that stands out to you? Man, it, like you said, there's definitely some diversity going on here. I am surprised that we had a couple shows that were on for such a short amount of time make the list in, uh, you know, one or two seasons type of shows. I am basically scared and cowering in a corner because so far only eight of my 100 have made the list. So I either have a lot that are going to still hopefully dominate the rest of the countdown or i am going to have a whole lot of my list that's not represented so i'm going to cry a few tears probably at the, by the time this whole thing's over uh steve any shows to you so far that really stand out that really shocked you i, I guess like the briscoe county jr and the the scrubs and the uh shows like that that we, we all had our public outcry about I, I really don't know of any other ones besides that and i think it's kind of funny i've only got nine so far that have been on my top 100 that have shown up I've been keeping track because I'm like, I, I have a feeling which ones are going to end up being closer to the front, but I'm probably way off uh, the way this list is going. <laughs> uh, Amanda, this is your, your first time doing a top 100 list. Was it everything you expected? And more, um, except that my favorite show on the planet was so freaking low and I don't get it and I'm pouting still. Um, it blew my mind. You guys crushed my dreams and my hopes. So I'm not That's really sure what the, the rest of this list is going to... Yeah, you just burst my little super... It's on the list, bubble. though. So, I mean, half my shows aren't going to be on it, the list. It just, it just sucks, though, because it's, it's like at the bottom end of the, the spectrum, and my, it was number two for me. Yeah. Uh, Dan, the other thing, too, just not to butt in, but... <laughs> Uh, maybe it's going to have to deal with the fact that we have so many more people that contributed lists than our last two top 100s, uh, almost by probably like 30% more lists. But we have seen a whole bunch of shows that have been ranked in people's top five already fall, and that was something that was never the case really too much in our our past mm -hmm. countdowns. 
I want to know who these motherfuckers are because I'm a little <laughs> upset. <laughs> a little upset. Yeah, I mean, speaking you now, not only that, we saw already so far three number ones fall. We saw a couple of number threes fall, a couple of number twos fall, a number four here and there fall. So, yeah, I mean, being ranked highly on one person's list, it doesn't guarantee you. I mean, it, it may it might help you get into the list for sure. But you needed, like I mentioned, it's one thing we're going to continue to see in order to be on this list with having so many people contribute. You need, you know, either a couple of things to happen, being on a lot of lists or being ranked really high on on a, a select few. The, the fewest list a show was on going into this was six lists. So uh, which is honestly, which is low, but considering the amount of people in the variety, and like I mentioned, over 630 shows got votes on this so far. Uh, Mike, you didn't get a chance to chime in here yet. I, so any thoughts on the countdown so, as we got into the first the first top 25? I, I think still the biggest shock for this this first episode of, of the countdown is that Saved by the Bell was 100. You've got to be kidding me. I'm surprised I made the list, but I think it's good. Well, I think it's good. I just think it should be higher. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. I, I, I was, and I'm not I saying think... I'm not saying higher is in top. I mean, I, I know everybody loves Saved by the Bell, and most people do. Apparently, not by our standards, but I'm saying like at least in the 80s, maybe or the 70s, not just right at 100. Because I was expect like essentially for me, if I was doing this list, I'd probably switch. Um, Say by the bell with agents of shit and put agents of shit at 100. Well, you could do that. Uh, <laughs> any other? If there was one show that we could take off and maybe remove from this section and bring into next week's show, any show do you think that is most deserving, Kevin? I mean, the the highest two that I had ranked were <laughs> Golden Girls and Carol Burnett show. So I would probably put Golden Girls in the next episode rather than this one, if, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I think that's what I'm asking. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, 25 shows down, 75 shows more to go. Any thoughts before we bring this episode to a close? Um, we only have 75 shows left, and I need to fit 92 of them in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Dang it. Well, funny, funny story about that. Uh, no, <laughs> there's, there's a 17 for number tie. one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this first part of the Top 100 television show countdown here on GeekCast Radio, Telecast, and Remote Control. Join us next time, and we'll find out what, uh, what is it, 75 to 50? Or 51? 51. 51. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Math, yay. You can find uh, us uh, at GeekCast Radio on Twitter. Go to Facebook, facebook.com slash GeekCast Radio Network. Kevin, what is your Twitter? My Twitter is Optimus Solo. Amanda? Hard candy, Mandy, eyes, no lies. Dan? Uh, still at Movie Revolt. I try to get a change for this episode, but <laughs> I didn't want to do that. So Yeah, yeah. I, I changed it in the beginning of this one. Uh, Steve? SCP-21. And I'm, of course, at TFG and Mike. Head on over to geekcastradio.com. Comment on this episode and let us know what you thought of the first 25 rankings. Unleash the Geek in You, and we will catch you next time. You've just listened to GeekCast Radio on the GeekCast Radio Network. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. First, visit the website geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our different podcasts. 
Second, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. Third, follow us on Twitter at Keycast Radio. Fourth, become a fan on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio. Call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for and your name. So until next time, unleash the geek in you.